cliffcentral.com. The MKT Show. It is uh, Thursday, the day just before where you can set up a fake meeting on a Friday because it is suns out, guns out, suns out, bums out in the Southern Hemisphere. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, summer, spring officially here. Uh, 27, 28 degrees now during the day. We know what that means. It is fun times. It is downhill for most of us for the rest of the year. Hey, shout out to you because we've had a lockdown for... Give it two years now. Let's just say it's two years. It feels like that. We can round up. It has been brutal. Uh, I fully expect South Africans to... Uh, uh, Senzo Seteba always says uh, to be doing it. They're, they're going to be doing it. A man who is doing it. Uh, uh, the aforementioned uh, St. David's guy. All-time handsome guy. Good guy. Uh, Senzo Seteba, what's happening, Paul? Thank you for the resounding... Mm? Resounding introduction. You know, it is what it is. People are who they are. You know? You, you're a good guy. You are handsome. I should hope so. You are handsome. There's nothing we can do about that, objectively speaking. Um, maybe I should... I probably did a bad thing by putting you on the show, because you make me look bad in comparison. And nah. I should be insecure about that, or maybe just... Uh, but you're not, though. Let's stay in our lane, you know? Everyone has their thing, right? But you're not, though. I'm not. I'm not I'm, I'm not. You don't insecure. even think like that. I'm not insecure about that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm happy for you. As a mate of mine, I'm happy for you. What's news, pal? What's happening? Uh, you are in the... Yeah, you're in it at the moment. Exams are a very real thing. Uh, yeah, well, it's not exams. It's like a mini test. But like, yeah. Oh, we'll get through it. Because a lot of people might think, oh, Senzo's just a handsome guy. But actually, you are also an, a, a man uh, pursuing academics. That is a great thing. Yeah, it took me long enough. But that's hey. a story for another time. But either way, man. It's coming. With or without you. It's yeah. going to happen. No, you're doing it. You're doing it. Uh, sporting world does not stop, by the way. You the think world yourself, doesn't stop. Good Lord. Uh, hey, sport is something else. The NFL this week. I mean, we got Kerry Keating today. It's oh, just, yes. We got the coach. College football was last week. Uh, college basketball is coming out. NFL's starting. NFL Thursday. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, how the hell are they giving them that game? I mean, Tom Brady's going to, what, put 50? But you know, Jerry. Jerry. Jerry is the guy. He, all the billionaires listen to Jerry. He, he, how does... You know they haven't made a playoff game, the Dallas Cowboys, in 25 years... But and I, they're still the most valuable franchise in the world. Because Jerry. Did you did you watch any of Hard Knocks? No, no, no. Well, no, worth no. it all the way. I mean, people like Amazon, obviously, that got taken off the uh, Hard Knocks idea. Uh, still the greatest one is... Um, the very first one was with Shannon Sharp. And that's mm-hmm. when he had moved. Uh, where did Flacco win? Uh, with Ray Lewis. Uh, Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens yeah. So Baltimore Ravens, I think 2001 was the yeah. very first one. Uh, that's And I don't know if you know who the voiceover is for Hard Knocks. Shout out Ray Donovan. Shout out my guy Lee Schreiber. Serious? The mensch of all mensches. Yeah, he's the guy. Sabretooth. Hey, let's go. Lee Schreiber. And that voice is on it. He's he's on it. Mm, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that is great stuff. All right. Senzo, good to have you. Thank you for having me. Um, what are we on today? The All Blacks. Uh, I've been <laughs> I've been saying I wanted to talk about this, but the Rugby Championship, we'll talk to Flip Van Amava about it tomorrow. But I've got a theory on the All Blacks and their current position. Uh, we'll do a little bit of social media. And then, of course, the coach is in the house, Kerry Keating, uh, for the second hour. Uh, plenty to talk about there. Uh, Alabama look real again. Uh, how do dynasties come about? I will ask him uh, because his father built uh, a, a dynasty. And, of course, in 2005, uh, we remember Kansas winning uh, the national basketball title. So we'll, we'll ask him, how did dynasties come about? Because Alabama look real again. Uh, Saban is, uh, as Shannon Sharp would always say, he got that stank on uh, down there. <laughs> Um, the NBA uh, versus the NFL. We'll talk about Ben Simmons. The situation developing mm. there is 
unfortunately, that's going to get ugly. So the Australian superstar um, point guard, we'll, we'll see what he does. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, they have made a decision, it looks like. And is rugby ever going to get big in America? I'm, I'm, I want to ask the coach this, and we will chat all about that. Uh, remember, if you are uh, joining us for the very first time here on the tubes, remember to subscribe to the channel, please. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Um, otherwise, if you are thinking to yourself, I'm at work, let me stay professional, uh, then no worries. You can catch us on the podcast or later on the tubes. If you're looking for the podcast, cliffcentral.com, the Cliff Central app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, that is where you can get the audio version of the MKT show. No matter where you get it, please subscribe uh, with on Spotify or wherever it's available. All right, stack show today. Uh, the MKT show. Plenty, plenty of stuff coming up all after this. Cliffcentral.com good call it's a good call so that's just uh me you know at this stage because i've sort of been doing it now for a couple of months is i don't know if i'm reinventing it it's just uh it, it's it's greatness uh before us you know you see leo messi uh you see aretha franklin you, you know and and then there's me you know I, this has to be said within the um sort of the realm of what i do I'd like to think I'm the Aretha Franklin of broadcasting. Now, a lot of people might say that's absolutely ridiculous because there are people who have done it for 30 years and dominated their world. My hero, Colin Cowherd. Uh, my mm. other hero, uh, Larry King. My other hero, uh, Oprah. Heard of her? So a lot of people saying, I don't deserve a statue yet. Uh, but breaking news, Sky Sports. Uh, shout out Rupert Murdoch, Australian gajillionaire. Uh, he mm. still gives us, still churns out the news. All right. Uh, Barcelona, of course, a place where they can't afford... Uh, forget Paella, they cannot afford a load of a loaf of bread there. Uh, they're still going to build more Catholic churches, but that's a whole different subject uh, for another time in terms of a broke state, Catalonia, a broke football club, uh, Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona have offloaded players left, right and center, including Lionel Messi, and are still shackled by more than one billion pounds of debt. Where do they go from here? It's a great way to start the show. Sends us to a great way to start the show. Um, James, big producing, uh, breaking news there. Yeah. I man. mean, it feels like we don't want to gild the lily, but these guys, where do, you've let go of all your assets. I mean, you're, you're all your pieces. So you're studying what accounting, huh? Yes. I mean, in accounting, where where do you want to be? You want to be in the left column, hey? That's where's assets on on, on classic? Is it assets, liabilities? Assets. Assets equals owner's equity plus liabilities. All right, so I want to be, I want to, I want to get more assets than liabilities. Is that where what yes. I want to do? How are they not doing that at Barcelona right now? Why did they just get you? Ah, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not there yet. Um, but also, it must, th- that's also financial juggernaut. So, like, you have to start small. As yeah. well. They, I think they over, they overvaluated certain things. Yeah. And they inflated certain prices for certain things and came back to bite them. Pyramid scheme. Was it was Bartomeu running a little pyramid scheme? You think he was running a Ponzi? Well, I mean, how do you get to a billion, dude? I, I don't understand how you accrue. Again, it's it's the biggest TV show in the world. And w- w- where would you put Barcelona in in the last decade? Top three biggest sports clubs in the world? Yeah, it was top three. They're there about yeah. yeah well, Amer- top five. Yeah, top, top five. five. So if that- we include the American boys, sure. but um, in football terms, top three consistently for ten years. Leo Messi. 
Xavi, Iniesta, Guardiola, Neymar, Neymar, Luis Suarez, winning as well. Danny Alves, Danny Alves, Zlatan. You know, like, we're not playing. This is not playing. Like, how do you? It's the, it was the big time for a long time. So what what happens here? Do you think the state of Catalonia, the country of Catalonia, essentially Bartomeu? Do you think they put him on the hot seat or? But Bartom, uh, Bartomeu, I mean, sorry, uh, Laporte says you know he's glad that he's here. He says he's more determined than ever. But yo, I don't know. I think he's having sleepless nights. Eh? A billion's a deep hole. Uh, uh, yes, a billion is a lot. But also Bartomeu, Bartomeu must. You're right. Actually, it, it's it's a come to Jesus moment. Like, come sit down. Come explain. He. Because because if you think about it, the damage that he actually did is about four four billion. Because what was the value of Boston yeah. a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, five five billion. How do you sink five billion pounds or euros? The, the, like that's so decrepit. I just want to know where this started. This must have started like a decade ago. Like, it must have been. He must have been. In trouble long ago. How long was Bartomeu's last reign? Because uh, you know these presidents. Um, I come could in find out. And out. I think we should find that it out. Is folks, where do Barcelona go from here? I mean, l- let me give you my take. Right, I, just I, like I, I think the, the the reality here is Barcelona is really so. The, one of their sayings is more than a football club. It's actually written uh, as a part of the credo, and you can actually see it. Um, in, in all of their literature, Barcelona, more than a football club, is that it is a representation of a bunch of people who felt oppressed uh, by the crown. So the football club stands for more than just winning titles. You know, Barcelona is the people and the people are Barcelona. I mean, this is, it is in the history of Catalonia, right? Forget the wars, forget everything that's happened. Uh, this may be one of the worst events in the history of Catalonia, because this Absolutely. is not what it was about. And now money came in, and now one of your own in Bartomeu comes and does this, not like this. Do you know it crumbled, actually? Because Bartomeu's last reign was six years. So he's there, so he there for six years. So it was Laporte before. Yeah. Then Laporte and Guardiola left same time. And then they were like, okay, no, you, you're in good hands. Tito Villanova, and yeah. you know what I mean? Tito held the... But I think we should have seen this coming, you, the on-field thing. Now that you're saying it. Because are you, are you, I think you, 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 the light bulb just went on for you as well. Alves, why'd you let him go? He's no, but wrong. besides Alves, look at the, the, the coaches. Uh, everything about it went weird. Like, w- like okay, we've got the blueprint. Yeah. Just take the kids. Xavi, yeah. Iniesta, Puyol, you know, Piquet, we even brought him home. No. Then he started buying Coutinho and exactly, so now Dembele. Let's 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 talk about boss's biggest signings. Then it'll paint a picture for you, and you'll you'll tell me how much they they they've lost in that regard. So boss's reg- biggest signings in history. Yeah? yeah, from I'll start at five. Okay, cool. Number five, Frankie De Jong. This is in pounds because they give this the figures in pounds. Two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, seventy-seven point four million pounds. Neymar, two thousand and thirteen, seventy-nine point four million pounds. Number three, Antoine Griezmann, 2019, 108 million pounds. Number two, Usman Dembele, 2017, 121.5 million pounds. And Philippe Coutinho also cost the same, 121.5 million pounds. There is no way on this planet, after Dembele's antics at Dortmund, where they, 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 they help young kids there, yeah. for him to be acting out at Dortmund, there is no way you should be paying... 50 million for that guy. 
like as soon as he starts acting out like that, and why would you pay? Why would you pay twice, twice the value of Jaden Sancho? It's, it's diabolical. How can that make sense? It's diabolical. But now pyramid scheme. This is what happens. Yeah, you, uh, now that you said, it makes sense because now they're still sitting with Coutinho. Yeah. Dembele. Yeah. Gonna lose Griezmann for free. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Neymar, well, they they recouped it with Neymar, sure. but only because there was a clause there. And Two hundred million or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Frankie De Jong is also still sitting there, and, and still not working out. Exactly, and they lost their biggest piece in Messi. So you spent the most money in history in over in the decade. You might you might have equaled all time spending mm. like in one decade. Mm. So these six years, but now what you're saying, uh, where to for Barcelona from here is. You know what? Let's use an ugly example. It's like, Mm -hmm. if you start taking drugs, it's such a deep hole to to come out of because they're essentially... You're too far gone. They've gone full heroin. They haven't even started with weed or smoking cigarettes. Requiem for a dream, man. They they, they are full on. They are full on... Slamming. Where to for Barcelona from here? Um, I I truly believe this, is that Atletico Madrid, this is your time. Because Real Madrid are a mess right now. Yeah, they're also floundering, yeah. Uh, this is Atletico's time. Way too for Barcelona. You know what? The business model of Spain, and I've said this before, and I'm mm-hmm. again, I love saying I'm right, is building a business around two clubs is not a business. Yeah. Because this is what happens now. Is The biggest victims is La Liga, because nobody knows who Atletico Madrid is, because you haven't built them for the last exactly. 20 years. Exactly. Americans don't know who Atletico Madrid are. Mm-hmm. Japanese, China, the markets, India don't know who Atletico even Madrid Afri- are. Even majority of Africa. We have no clue. So now you're going to have to spend time building the Atletico brand, which I don't think La Liga does anyway because mm. Real Madrid is the only thing that they... Real Madrid actually sells itself. Now they have to position the Madrid derby. They have to, they have to sell it now. And it's like, that's going to take time, time. as well because mm. you've got to build the rivalry, you know, the antagonism. Mm. The, the Barcelona thing, it's almost like La Liga said, oh, we've got this. It'll work out on its own. Yeah. We're just going to... And oh, Bartomeu. Listen, he has to go to jail. So where to for Barcelona? I see. Um, but Laporte did the right thing, though. Of he, course. In hindsight, he had to, he had to. No, in, well, but in what sense? That by letting go of Messi. Yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, shout out Louis Sotillo if I'm reading that correctly on Twitter. He says at Sky Sports they have one of the strongest academies in the world. They'll be fine with homegrown players. That's not true. That's that's not true because when you erode, see. Dembele and those guys The thing about the youngsters before Is that they were training with the first team guys Yes So that wouldn't make sense If they were doing the old thing But now You must remember Dembele wasn't even getting in the squad So the youngster who should be training With Dembele Mm. Dembele being an example in the first team Isn't training with the first team Because Dembele is behaving like a youngster At 120 mil So I like that But get your mind out of 10 years ago Because you must understand The thing about guys like Bartomeu Everybody looks at the financial outcomes. Yes. Just like your personal life, right? Finances only tell you how messed up the processes in your life are. It's not about the money. If you get the processes of your life correct, you're going to be okay financially. The discipline, right? Uh, yeah. The emotional intelligence. The money, is, the money is just sort of the, the outcome. Everything builds up. So Barcelona would have eroded everything to get to a billion. Oh, wow. You've eroded everything. The system... You've seen how many coaches... You've heard how many uh, coaches are leaving Barcelona. It's a revolving door. Everything's... Everything's eroded. 
Look at the coaches where they're from. I like Ronald Koeman, but he hasn't been in Barcelona for over 25 years. So don't think of Koeman, the, one of the greatest centre-backs of all time. He was away for so long, he would have been exposed to other systems. The great thing about Barcelona was always we do it our way in the dynastic times. So please, that, that, that one's not going to fly. But, Senzo, your thoughts? But for me, the, the thing is, do you know what? Valverde, they shouldn't have hacked him. They shouldn't have fired Valverde. He was trying. But he was probably like, hey, you guys, you guys, I dodged a bullet there. Because, yo, it's crazy. Like, I'm busy reading this, looking at this article now. Like, so La Liga's rules, right? The, yeah. the new rules stipulate that clubs can spend uh, 70% of their income on wages, right? Okay. If Messi had stayed, Barca would have spent 110%, even without him. Even without him, uh, the figure stood at 95%. So, so, that, so even with him gone, it was 95%. What do you call it? There's a, there's a term. I forget uh, the term. There's a South African lady who ran uh, SAA into the ground, and they've, called her, they've basically called her incapable of running uh, a company. You declare uh, an executive. I forget what the term is, but there's a term. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, where... If you if, uh, like the law declares you, um, it means you cannot run. Oh, uh, you can, can never role. be in an, another in an executive, executive role. I forget what the term uh, I'm is. I'm not called. really a legal eagle, but I've heard it before. I, I, it's it's yeah, but like it's yeah, it escapes me. But um, Bartomeu needs to be persona non grata now within any executive position, and he must go to jail because this is a travesty that affects millions of people. The, like you must remember, somewhere like Barcelona. Mm-hmm. It's tough to say. So let's say like in South Africa. Yeah. Orlando Pirates is not a reason for uh, people to come to South Africa. Yes. Barcelona Football Club is such a massive... It, I, I don't know the numbers, but it would run into the hundreds of millions of euros. What they bring to the city. Because I don't care yeah. who you are. Oof, I want to see Barcelona play. See- or, hey, I want to go to Barcelona. Why? The soccer team. Oh, okay. I didn't watch soccer. There was a lady on uh, Gareth Cliff's show this morning. Is, yeah. She's got a Barcelona top. Absolutely. She, Pumi does not watch football. She, she has a, an original you know Barcelona I mean? And even people that don't even watch football, they'll tell you, like, who Messi is. You know what I mean? So, he's... But he's, also, guys, the no Camp is a 110-seater. 110,000-seater. Okay, but again... And by the way, they just refurbished it. Where was that money coming from? That's what I'm thinking. They just refurbished it for, I don't know what the number was there. Where to for Barcelona? It's a long, 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 long way back from here. Uh, I mean, we saw Nokia. Uh, we saw Kodak. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw these companies. Uh, we saw BlackBerry. They still haven't recovered. And they were dominating. BlackBerry don't even exist as a cell phone company anymore. Nokia might as well not exist. They, and they were, I mean. They had I, the market like this. I have a question. Yeah, go, go on. Um, so... I, I know sort of football as a whole and the league is run very differently in um, Spain with the royal family being involved and all of that stuff, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's accusation. So, I mean, we do kind of know that they, they fund Real Madrid, but I hear you. Uh, just for legal things, we've got to say that uh, there's a hint that they may be involved at Real Madrid and it's not a hint, it's absolutely clear, allegedly. I mean, there is a crown on their badge. Allegedly, um, yeah. And it does mean Royal Madrid, yeah. I yeah. do hear you. They, they even wear royal purple, <laughs> but we're not saying that the royal family yeah, no, 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 directly no, no. is funding yeah, exactly. Real Madrid, basically uh, creating a Super League within the <laughs> within La Liga. Yeah, we're, we're not saying that. That's not what we're saying. Go ahead, Jimba. Um, so what's stopping a billionaire, multi-millionaire person from 
buying Barcelona, like with oil money. Okay, know? I'll tell you what the what, what it is. There, very very good question, Jimbo. Um, the setup of um, Spanish football is this way. They, they, it is set up so that the club members vote who the president is. It is actually a fixed system. Uh, so basically, in in order, they're called socios in um, in Spanish football. Is that basically in order to be the president? Uh, you and I could be a socio and we have to vote for you. But here's the interesting part, James. Right? Not only do you have to have a certain standing within society, I would imagine for Barcelona you have to be Catalan, but there's mm. another really interesting part. Not sure if people know this. You individually have to be worth a certain amount of money to be able to run as president. So it does create another r- roof there, I hear you. Um, I don't know what the Barcelona policies are, but it is a whole political game, by the way, Jim, but, and it's fixed. Like, once you're the president, you're in, there's all sorts of complicated rules. So, uh, it's not, I, I hear you, it's, it's not just like buying Leicester, where it's, you know, you know, because it, it's, uh, you know, the English Premier League is actually a professional league with checks and balances and yeah. Her Majesty's revenue, uh, services actually check up. And they do have, although it's not, you know, listen, once you start to get into the billions and trillions, as we're starting to talk about now, um, they they do have what they call a fit and proper persons test in the Premier League. Now, whether they actually implement it or not is, is a different question. But um, so that's the reason is that um, there's actually all sorts of political nonsense. And again, in Spain, and Paolo has explained this quite well, but in Spain, the clubs are not run as businesses. Uh, they actually run as sports clubs. So again, it's the old school, uh, where, uh, same as in South Africa, where you, uh, the rugby clubs, uh, the amateur rugby clubs, you vote for the chairman and that's kind of a very insular and you have to be a member at Barcelona in order to vote. So it's very locked in. Uh, I believe Real Madrid have about 23,000 um, people that are, are socios. And let me tell you where another bulletproof thing, Jimbo, that, that kind of locks it in. To, to become a socio... I have to nominate you. So I have to vouch for somebody to become a socio at a football club in Spain. You, you don't just say, oh, here's my $50 or 50 euros. I'm a member. It's a very exclusive. That's show. not how it works. Is to become a socio, I have to nominate you in order for you to be a socio and basically be able to buy a season ticket at Barcelona. Just so you know how that works. It is, yes. it is, it's monstrosity. But also just listen to the, um, to the players that they've let go, right? Yep. Griezmann. Junior Firpo, Emerson Royal, Elias Moriba, Jean-Claude Tobido, Pjanic, Trincao, Messi. And do you know how much that has generated for them? Yeah. Only a measly 130 million euros. That's incredible. 111 million pounds. By the way, like, again, let's look at that. Why did Arthur move for Pjanic? Arthur had a cracking season. And he's... He's younger than Pjanic. And he's the t- he's, he is Iniesta. So the Pjanic thing comes with a story. Yeah. Actually. It does. And he is not happy. Go ahead and tell um, us. He's at now. So he came out, I think, this week or last week with um, a whole bunch of comments on um, uh, Ronald Koeman and just the whole setup at Barcelona and how things are run. Yep. Um, so that Pjanic thing was just purely... I don't think a lot of it was actually his fault from what he said, but I mean, that's only his side of the story that he's come out and told. Yeah, yeah. let's see if we can get the tweets there, Jimbo, so we can get a graphic of it because, um, so he's come out and said, uh, basically, he would have just appreciated if they'd come to his face and told him that, uh, you, you know what, you're not a part of my plans. He says Ronald Koeman, not once was Ronald Koeman at training uh, so that he could prove himself for the first team. But I, I think 
that's it's that's too late. How did Pjanic, a slow ball ball player, you've already got um, Frankie De Jong, and you've already got the great, possibly the greatest uh, European guy. You've already got one of your homeboys playing. Oh, that Sergio role Roberto, yeah. In no, and also um, Busquets. Oh, so, so you, you got uh, yeah, yeah. So, so you so Busquets. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. By the way, sorry. Barcelona not only let Arthur go; they paid money for Pjanic to they come. They paid this more. They overpaid for him. On top of letting Arthur, who's at least as good, and I like Pjanic. He's, he's a superb player. He's, he's very good. But Arthur's already that, and you let him go, and you pay money, right, for a guy who, like you say, Sergio Roberto can play in that role, and you've got Busquets there. So you've got three of the same player, and you paid money to have three of the same player. But we saw this, even with, like, Vidal. Like, what, what was Vidal doing there? But also, it says, in 2018, Barcelona became the first club in professional sport to post annual revenues in excess of $1 billion. Seven hundred twenty-three pounds. Three years on, and three years on, and forced to sell what they can't get. Barca have made just have made an eighty million euros loss. Yeah, it's but on Griezmann in just two years. Imagine it just. You know what this is good for though. Netflix documentary. But the, then the fall of Catalonia. Now I'm, I'm just now. I don't care about the business. I care about the content. Oh. Hey, you know how they do it? They like they do the money sounds in the back, mm. money si- money signs on screen. Oh, it's going to be incredible! My thing is as well. What do you do? Ten parter, or do you do just a one like a, a, an hour and a half kind of hour feature half. length? A feature length. Take me into hour it. And, a half. and it's on Netflix. I can pause, get some popcorn, go to the bathroom because I'm staying hydrated. Oh, that's oh, guys, love po- so Bartomeu needs to explain. I I, I didn't find um, a tweet that we could use because. Some of them were links, and other them were in other languages. Um, yeah, we don't really need to know why you couldn't find it, James. I mean, so, so essentially, uh, Pjanic felt, uh, just to give sort of context and background, Pjanic felt uh, disrespected um, by Kuman and the whole setup. Um, I read his whole statement um, a couple of days ago when he had released it, and he he was under the impression that he was still in a good place with the manager and um, the manager still had plans for him, even though he was sort of benching most of the time. Um, but then it got to a point where he was barely playing games and he started to sort of question that. Um, and then, I don't know if you guys know, but Kuman came out the other day and defended himself. Um, he, he didn't actually say much, but I just think he was told to by some PR person to say something. Yeah. Um, he said, I think it's a bit of frustration on the part of the player that I understand. Um, but in our way of playing, in our ideas with the ball and without the ball, he has lost the battle with other midfielders and nothing else. Um, I wish him the best. It's been complicated. We have tried. We have tried. And we have seen that there are other players better than him. Yeah, you already had both of those players. Uh, yes, Ronald, we, we know that. Shout out to him doing coach talk. But... <laughs> a 10 year old can already see you already have Sergio Roberto one of the best athletes by the way in Spain Bro, he's, so, he's well rounded he can do anything yeah, he, you know what he's like who's the Lorente at Atletico Madrid oh yes uh, and Kimmich you know that athletic and uh, Valverde at exactly. Madrid yeah. I can go box to box and I'm just a baller mm, mm. Is, and you've already got your captain Sergio Busquets is one of the best at that role and you've got Frankie de Jong that's what are we doing but Pyramid schemes, they get exposed exactly, pretty quickly. Exactly, because this is, guys, Boss's annual transfer spend since 2015 is ridiculous. And, and you know what the sad part is? 
you know, once the real accountants, just let Price Waterhouse Coopers really get in there. Get in there. Because now we're getting top level numbers, right? One billion debt sounds like a lot. Just let Price Waterhouse Coopers really get in there. Like, That's them being prudent. Because now they're really going to get in there. Because listen to, this, to, to these transfer figures spent every window. Um, 2016, 112.3 million pounds. Uh, 2017, 337.6 million pounds. 2018, 127. 2019, 270.9. 2020, 100 million pounds. You know what we have to first look at? Uh, the rule is in, in who have made money from these deals. I, we, I need to know exactly who they are. And then do they have any links to him? Because it's going to get ugly. You, you know there's something wrong. The 7 million pound, uh, 7 million euro agent that they'd never met in South America. That's like the scout, yeah. That smells. That smells. It reeks, yeah. And now what? Because you know what's happening now? The FBI is coming through. There's no way they're letting this go. Yeah. It's too much now. Because to wash this kind of money as well, it's got to start going to Canary Islands. There, there, mm. boom, crash. The documentary, get out of here. But the, also, do you know how many people are involved then? That, oh, that, I think, Juventus? Because Juventus and Barca do frequent business. Look, I, I don't know if other clubs need to be involved. It's the dirty men. It's kind of like South Africa, you know, is you don't need... Zuma didn't need local. The, mm. He handed it to the Guptas and they have their own corrupt people. Like, it's it's not a matter of, oh, now Mutep is going to be involved or whatever, you know? That's not what it's about. Barcelona, Bartomeu himself probably had a middleman who could wash money, who, don't worry, we've got the network oh. set up and we'll make it look like you're making income. Do you know, if he's guilty, it's life in prison. Although, having said that, Leo Messi did avoid about 30 million euros of tax and just got a slap on the wrist. Uh, it's, it, it, the rules aren't the same in Barcelona. Man, oh, man. Man, oh man. Uh, listen, we were going to talk about the All Blacks, but that's what happens. Breaking news, uh, you've you got to be able to be nimble. Uh, coming up after this, we'll do a little bit of social media, see what Senzel's got for us. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, we'll chat about the All Blacks a little bit, see, see what uh, my thoughts are on those. Uh, the MKT show. Cliffcentral.com You did it. You did it. You are doing it. It's big hosting. Need a hype man. You are doing it. Shout out to you for making a call to watch the MKT show. Uh, remember, the MKT show is available, by the way. Uh, if you're on YouTube, obviously you know where you are, Cliff Central Sport. Uh, please make sure to subscribe while you're here. Leave your comments below um, if you're watching post. And of course, uh, be a friend, tell a friend. And if you are looking for the podcast... It is called the MKT Show, as the logo suggests. Uh, it's a strong hint there from the logo and the name, uh, of course, on the door. Uh, is And by the way, those name straps done by a guy called James Eelsley. Incredible, incredible graphics guy, producer, streamer, uh, flat cap yeah. wearing guy, mullet guy, beard guy. So, you know, shout, shout out to, to Jimbo for doing his thing. Senzo, just your thoughts on James and all that he does back there. No, he is, he's, he's in his element. Box to box. Yeah, so that's James there. Thumbs up. Can't quite get an extension uh, on the opposable thumb there. Uh, it's a small, it's the classic. I'm not too sure what they want to You give can do it! Point. That's the one. That's what he looks like there, that beard. Looking a little grizzly like he works in the field, this James. 
a little dirty. So it's gone from sort of five o'clock shadow to just looking like a, a dirty, scummy guy. Actually, he's the opposite as a human being. Very, very nice guy, well-raised. And as he turned there, you saw his mullet absolutely embarrassing for his family. Are you ready for the socials, my man? It's going to be electrifying. The, the news that I just that just broke now. Great transition there by uh, one handsome Senzo Seba. He says, let's get ourselves into the socials. Uh, what you got for me, Senzo? The fifth test between India, uh, between England and India could possibly be cancelled. Lord almighty. All traffic tests could be impacted as another member of India's support staff test positive for COVID. The Indians training session one day... F- one day off from the start of the fifth test has been cancelled. And the players have been asked to stay in their rooms until further notice. Okay. Uh, just before um, you make that's opening tough. Obviously, arguments. we have to say, just, just to be good people, um, James, before you jump on there, is that COVID is a serious issue. Uh, I just do need to say that to get out front. But if one guy's testing, I mean, that's like New Zealand's approach. If the guy's testing negative, get him in a bubble, test everyone. If they're fine, let's play the game. What are we talking about? Yeah, it's... Jimbo, what you got, pal? Well, I mean, that didn't go... The I can't hear out. you. Nobody can hear you. Hello? Oh. Mom? Oh, no. Anyone? Probably got to get the... Uh, I don't think we've got the speaker on in here. I, I, I think you Oh, are, that's so... Um, but yeah, so, so James, I mean, we can keep talking while we, we do fix that so we can hear you. But so, so talk to me about that. So India, are, are they thinking of cancelling it? Yeah, well, they, they cancelled the training session. Yeah. And then they said they must... Go to their go back to their hotel rooms until further notice. When was that? Is that breaking news? Twenty eight minutes ago. Lord have mercy. All of the mercy on earth. That is brutal. That that, that is absolutely brutal. What do we do? No, but just get the guy in a bubble, right? When is the test meant to start? Tomorrow. Oh boy, oh boy. And he's been he's been with the whole team, huh? Yeah, that, that's that's tough. I mean, then you are looking for a situation where, oh no, that's not going to work. That ain't, that, that ain't they're not playing. Uh, do they? You, you know what they needed to do? And this is cricket being amateur. The NFL, I don't know if people know, forced part of your squad to be in a bubble as backup to the to to your touring team. She was. That's what you should have been carrying is a bubble, sort of a bubble five or six. Oh, but um, you, you saw in Europe. Yeah, oh. you saw in England. Yeah, just play the test match. Like if people are, you, you do the the tests in the morning. If India don't have eleven players, we cancel it. If not, yeah, but yeah, you're right actually because they you name what a twenty three men. Yeah, when you hand in the team sheet, you have a tour squad. Oh, I think yeah. it's fifteen. But come on, you have a squad. Like, mm. well, did this guy kiss everyone on the mouth? Um, did they were they making out? High five people. Yeah, okay, and uh, uh, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, COVID, uh, I'd probably let scientists decide that, but come on, let's play the game. And, and you know what's going to happen? They're going to play. It's something called money. No, the show must go on. It's called money. It's called money. And Sky Sports, Rupert Murdoch, he's like 100 years old. He's, uh, he's, he's serious about it. He, 10 pounds is still 10 pounds, Paul. I, I don't care that <laughs> I have all the money on every channel. He's about the paper. Yeah, that he about that life. So, uh, yeah, shout out to the Test Match starting tomorrow. A cracker. Can England come back after embarrassing themselves? And batting like school children Dude, on, day fi- on day five there. Was, After it, Senzo had called it a draw. Um, 112 for nothing. And they got nothing. It's because, you know what England are? Is, uh, James, you'll like this. They're like Manchester United. One man team, Joe Root. Your thoughts, James? No. Just your thoughts on that, Jimbo. Um, I, I think, I, I don't know a lot about cricket. Yeah. But I, I do know that uh, Joe Root is is the um, 
Bruno Fernandez of the Indian <laughs> <laughs> now that's great stuff we do need to turn that around and say are you possibly the only white guy in the world who doesn't watch cricket um i used to watch cricket i just find it boring now what happened i used to play and watch cricket and again i just i just find it so boring girls well what happened girls came along and your, your life took a different turn what happened i mean you're telling me what you used to do not really interesting to anybody what happened in the period of used to to now the reality of today um girls Look, you know, growing up as a as a weird drama kid. Yeah. Oh my God! Here we go. You know, and also growing up really good looking. It's just it's hard to focus on. on okay, I've heard enough. Thanks, James. Uh, the, no, the, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's you guys. You guys have gone far. Enough. You guys have gone far with this thing. It's not <laughs> not even it's not even Jared, no Jared, no party. Who wasn't playing? Uh oh, Ben Stokes. He's out with some mental stuff, uh, mental health problems. Stuart Broad. Stuart Broad, um, what's wrong with him? He's injured. I don't know. but he, yeah, He's also like 100. Yeah, but now James Anderson has to do the bulk of the bowling. And Chof, he's 100. Joffre Archer's not playing. Uh, but he's a lunatic, yeah. So you can't, oh, rely, yeah, yeah. You can't um, rely on him. He doesn't care about COVID. He's just driving everywhere. Visiting his aunt in the middle of the pandemic. Absolutely didn't care about anything. Uh, Joffre Archer's... See, this is what happens when you bring over a West Indian guy and you bring him to the... He won, he, won them, he won them the World Cup. Yeah, now he's a while in now. Because that comes with an adjustment period. The Calypso guy with your private school educated kids, Jofra Archer, ugh, big talent. He, he is like a Neymar situation, is big talent, you, but it's going to come Perfect with, description. Yeah, he comes with a, a prickly disposition, shall, shall I say. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. no, he is, um, well, Jofra Archer is Batting order's always being shuffled. It's a mess. England's a mess right now. It's right. Joe Root FC. It's Joe Root FC, and it's you got to love it when England are terrible. I mean, now the Proteas are maybe the worst we've ever been uh, right now. Yeah, it's it, and we play England next year. Oh, it's going to be a race to the bottom. The fixture list, the the the, the England's fixture list came out yesterday. So we're playing England what like one and a half tests because they don't allow um, South Africa to play any more than fifteen minutes of Test cricket anymore. Uh, we're either playing T Twenty cricket, which is pajama cricket, or we're playing that boring one day stuff. So. No, we're playing them in tests, though. How many tests? It's probably like one and a half tests, 10 minutes of a test, and then everyone must go home because of COVID. Oh, hold on. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. Don't cancel the test. What are we doing here? Just put those in a bubble and go and play. If not, listen, I I believe India has the second biggest Indian population outside of uh, the Republic of South Africa. Uh, Obviously, not India itself. Uh, Not sure we can fit 1.7 billion Indian people into South Africa or England. Um... Just pick any of the Indian Oaks that are around. There's a lot of Indian people in um, in England. Just, hey, do, yeah, uh, whatever his name is, pick him off the street, come play cricket. Sure. You know what I mean? Don't stereotype. That's bad, bro. No, look, I lived in England. They have, I'm, I'm not, that's not me being racist, is they have the second biggest population of Indians outside of India. But I uh, Durban. South, Durban does. No, I think South Africa. Might yeah, KZN, yeah, yeah, South, South Africa. South Africa is the biggest Indian population yeah. in the world outside of India, and I believe England are second. And they may have taken over, by the way. That, that's a real thing. That's not me being funny. That's I'm talking data. So, pathetic, pathetic. It's, Let's it's play. actually ridiculous. Let yeah. the lads play cricket. Come on, Oaks. Hey, guys that are way too pale need to sit in the sun 30 degrees and drink way too many beers and build that cup thing. Uh, Senzo, when was the last time you went to the cricket bar? Uh, when England were 
That oh. is the last time we could go. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I do remember us getting bowled out, I think, on the fourth day by like lunchtime. Oh, yeah, it was... One of the biggest collapses of all time. I was there. It was a meltdown. Went to Ilovo, one of the yuppiest places in the world. Not really my kind of spot. You uh, love shout it. Shout out Hogshead there. You're lying. You uh, and love then it. I went home. Yeah, no, not for me. Uh, Hogshead, I'd rather kill myself. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Probably never go there again if I can prevent it. Unless I meet somebody and it's a date and she's way too good looking for me. Might pop into Hog's Head. Otherwise, uh, Ilova can forget about it right now. A good friend of mine. Oh, shout out Sam, by the way. Uh, uh, Rabbit Over the Moon. Great restaurant. She does. Uh, she did put all of all of her money into that. And uh, it's still going from what I hear. So, great restaurant if you ever want to go. Shout out Rabbit Over the Moon. Not sure if you've been there. Senzo Steve. Next time your lady is yeah. in the Republic of South Africa, get yourself there. We did go there. Of course you did. It is a friend of mine's restaurant. A family friend. Incredible human who owns it. Plugging your friend. Nice. Yeah. I like you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but England fictionless. Um yeah, the Kiwis are back again in 2022. Meanwhile, England haven't played Zimbabwe in 18 years. No need. Not yet played a test versus Afghanistan. No need. Not a particular but no equitable need. fixture list, but it's about the dosh yeah. and where the TV cameras want to point. Absolutely. So next summer, England will play three tests against New Zealand, Lords Trent Bridge, Headingley, then three T20s, then three ODIs versus India in July. So India go back there. Okay. Then three ODIs, then three T20s against South Africa in July. Then three tests against South Africa. Lords, Edgbaston, the Oval. Why do we only play three tests? Because they don't see us. That's not a series. That, that that's that's a touring. That's a warm up tour. So we don't play any warm up games. So what, what does South Africa do? Go from T20s. Is there any ODIs there? Yeah, it's three ODIs, then three T20s. Then yeah, then. So when three tests. So when are our guys playing warm up cricket there? Because some guys play T Twenty and one day. Yeah, because stuff. the T Twenty, uh, the limited over stuff happens in July. Yes. And then the test stuff happens in August and September. So okay, so when does the T? When's the last T Twenty? Uh, end of July, I'm guessing. July. Uh, so what? You got the whole of August to play some warm up games. You got that two weeks, yeah. What are we doing? Because test cricket, by the way, some people may not know what cricket is. T20 cricket is so removed that there are T20 specialists, there are one-day specialists, specialists and, and there, there are, are test specialists. The, the people who really know how to play cricket play test cricket, right? Mm. Is those are those are as different as tennis and football? Yeah, I mean, just look. Uh, who's that guy? Levi. Yeah, yeah, Richard Levy. By the way, shout out to him for embarrassing the whole of South Africa for two years. Uh, we played against, so he was my year at school. Uh, what they were doing down in Cape Town there is, by the way, his team. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Mm. In high school, they did not lose a game from standard six, and we ran them this close, by the mm-hmm. way, when we played them there. They didn't lose a game from high school to matric, Richard Levy and his Grade guys. eight to matric. Grade That's eight to matric. But Unplayable. Richard Levy had the world record for the fastest 100. And he never seen again. Only could play T20 cricket. Uh, David Miller, only can play T20 cricket. Cannot play test cricket, cannot play one-day cricket, because you actually have to block sometimes. Chris Gale. Oh, well. Pollard. <laughs> no, like, it doesn't make sense. You, you, you can't... And you know what I don't get about that? Is that test cricket is the real thing. Also, your customers that can afford to it's buy the stuff... Uh, so forget about that, okay? I don't want to get caught in the romance. I'm saying, as an old person, I have disposable income. So the youngsters mm. who go to T20 cricket have no money. They're not going to buy stuff at the stadium. They, 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 not because they don't want to, they don't have money. I have disposable income. 35 and upwards have disposable income. You know what I want to do? I want to go sit in a terrible seat in 35 degrees. And get burned. And get scorched. 
and you know, I got I, like I got to get the best lip ice ever for the next four days because I'm coming back the next day as well. I'm having come a with t- the cri- cricket hats, terrible hot dogs, lukewarm hot dogs, right? <laughs> you the, the the ice cream guys coming around, spending way too much money on ice cream. I'm Yo, buying ten ice creams, three hundred rand on ice cream. Imagine. I'm doing that. I want to do that. No student can afford to do that. Sorry, T20 cricket. I don't know who that's for. Uh, just get rid of it. It makes no sense. It's... But all right, let, let's celebrate that cricket's back. Um, let's have a look here. Uh, Nilba uh, or Nil Nilab Nilab. Uh, forgive me. Then Nilab on Twitter says the BCCI, which is the uh, Indian Cricket Association, isn't keen to go ahead with the fifth test in Manchester as supporter staff has tested uh, positive for COVID-19. And with IPL coming up, they don't want to risk the tournament. I don't know what that means. How convenient because they're 2-1 up. They're 2-1 up. I also wouldn't want to continue. Uh, and then you get yourself probably a bonus if you're the players and the um, the Indian staff. You get a bonus for winning a series away in England. So uh, that's not going to hurt, <laughs> I would imagine. Everything, by the way, is motivated by money. That's the only reason. It's got nothing to do with the fear of COVID-19. If... Um, if the Indian players and staff actually feared COVID-19, they would have not gone to England if it was such a big thing because India is super riddled with it. If they really cared, they wouldn't be having the IPL. So it's true. They, so, so this is nonsense here. This tweet is, is complete and utter tosh. Let me just tell you because they don't care about COVID. They just care about money. And I'll tell you what's happening is the players have gone, we want the bonus for winning away in England. And the staff have said and that. Let's go make more money in the IPL. And let's go home to IPL in probably a country that's struggling more than anybody globally with uh, COVID-19. They don't care a thing about COVID. It is about money. It is about the dosh. All right. Uh, wow. India, shout out to you. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's incredible. It really is incredible that these guys are, it's the biggest load of hypocrisy I've ever heard. But let me tell you who did this. And we have a South African to blame for doing this. His name's uh, Dave Richardson. And he always gets a free pass. He sold cricket. He allowed Australia, India, and England to buy cricket, which is why you'll, you'll see. The only teams who play five test matches against one another is England, India, and Australia. And it, is, it cannot be a financial thing purely other than the muscle of India and the muscle of England. But let me tell you something. Here's why the NFL works. You need a Dave Richardson to step in and go, what's good for the rest of the product? I understand that the current deal works for India. It works for England, right? It, wor- it works for those two. And it works for Australia. What about the rest of the product? Because we still want to watch cricket in the West Indies. I still want to watch cricket in South Africa. What about me? Do, do I not count at all long term? There are more people than just India. And I guess this was what um, this is what this shows you. People often try and sell you the romance, the gentleman's game is fair dinkum. The IPL has has kind of sideswiped uh, international cricket, the ICC, because they weren't ready for that. It's much like the European Super League is UEFA weren't ready. And maybe the, the, the ICC need to take accountability is they always thought we'll be in control forever. You know, it's the old boys club is... Nobody will ever overtake us. Everybody thought, no one's going to overtake us. Who are these Tesla guys? Electric cars, forget about that. He'll never, ever make anything. Boom, five years later, it's the biggest company in the world. So we have to, as South Africans, swallow a bit of pill. Dave Richardson is a huge culpable party in this. Because when they made that deal, cricket was sold to India, essentially, forever. And now, this is what you got to deal with, folks. This is what you got to deal with. Now, this presents 
a very interesting conundrum. Yeah. Right? There's the IPL that's supposed to happen. Yeah. T20 World Cup supposed to happen. Where? Do we know? Um, but yeah, yeah, tell me the rest. And the Ashes. So one's not going to happen. So where's the Ashes? So where is the Ashes? Australia. Australia. Was in England. Oh no, that's uh, not happening. Although they're not going to cancel the Ashes. No, 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 because they they do the bubble thing, and no Australian has ever seen. No Australians allowed to actually go outside and see a bird. If you have seen a bird in the last year in Australia because of the, the the lockdown, it means you've broken the rules because they will not let you outside to breathe any oxygen. What if you have got a tan in Australia right now? You'll be arrested. You, it, it's really the most locked down place on planet Earth. If you even look like you're happy in Australia right now, you'll get arrested. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. You, you, you know, happy people have been outside and actually felt fresh air. The lockdown there is so intense that actually the ashes will happen, right? Just like the rugby championship, Australia is a bubbled island with lots of spiders and big snakes. People aren't going to send their squads to IPL. I mean, they they play as the IPL. But who? who? Who's going to stop them? That is so true, though. Yeah, it, it's not like the Premier League. If it was set up the other way, is the fact that ICC is now... India owns the ICC after yeah. that last deal. So now, no, if you don't... Because the, India doesn't actually... And this is so difficult for the rest of us to hear, hear, hear this. India doesn't need the rest of the world to yeah. be profitable. They're, they're a billion a, of us. They've got a, they've got a 1.7, I believe it's about 1.7, the number, the last I, I read, mm-hmm. it could be 1.3 billion people. Mm-hmm. They have a market without the rest of the world. They, like the IPL can run on its own, by the way. That's true though. And by the way, we'll watch it. So, so the, India goes, yeah. you, you need us. Because right now it's IPL or, or nothing, right? It's IPL or bust. Oof, it is tough. And you know, you know who this exposes? The Western world, for lack of a better term, outside of Asia... Mm-hmm. It exposes in, in England, Australia, and South Africa. Is why haven't you sold cricket to the Americans yet? What have you been doing the whole time? Relying, you know what they've done? A La Liga, where the, hey, what's the game plan? India is India is the game plan. Yeah, true. And also, you see where the you see where the T Twenty World Cup is. You saw where they moved it to, right? India. No, uh, uh, Abu Dhabi, Oman. Boy, oh boy! All right, cricket's ruined forever, huh? Okay, let's move on because cricket makes me so angry. Uh, along with rugby for being so amateur, absolutely hate it. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's crazy. But you see, as I was saying, um, moving on to my next point, because yeah. you said Australia bubble or whatever. Cricket Australia, which gets uh, gets onto my next story for social media. Cricket Australia are still planning to have the five Ashes Test to be played in front of crowds, despite challenges presented by a third wave of COVID infections in Australia. Although having said that, in Australia it's if if Sally sneezes in the um in aisle 6 at a shopping market, we know they're going to lock the whole country down. So um, an outbreak is strong. I mean, New Zealand shut it down for one person in Auckland. Like these nanny states are hey, toughen up. Like COVID is real. I'm not saying that's not real. Yeah. For God's sake, you've got probably the best best health system in the world yes. al- alongside Canada. Mm. Can we, like, just bubble the players. They can play. Like, relax. I 50 actually, people's not an outbreak. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, um, go ahead. Jimbo. You were speaking about Australia and their sort of COVID uh, protocol stuff. Um, I was speaking to my grandfather on Sunday. Um, and his, his so my aunt lives in Australia, in Perth. Um, and he said he was speaking to them. And apparently in Australia, the rules in certain parts of Australia, you can't go outside like a five kilometer radius from your home 
Well, um, you the outback. <laughs> that's like apparently some of the protocols in Canberra, I think he said. Having said that, shout out the ACT country. Um, look, Perth have actually, they were already in a pandemic. I believe they are the most isolated city in the or the most isolated region in the world. Uh, yeah, so in the yeah. world. Because uh, there's a guy in Perth, he, uh, like they were showing on, on Top Gear, the closest store to him is 320 kilometers away. I do believe Perth is the most isolated city in the world. So shout out to them having practiced for the pandemic since the colonialists from England went over there and took all their prisoners. You know what I'm saying, Jimbo? I, I hear you. I, I actually went to Perth um, a couple of years ago and it's really, really weird how accurate what you're saying is because one minute you'll be on the highway and you'll be vibing and living your best life. Yeah. And then the next you'll get to a robot. But you're still in the middle of like a bunch of cactuses. It's so bizarre. It's really weird. And, and I'd imagine, I mean, I've, I've only been to Brisbane. Um, so, so tell me this. Uh, what you got to look out for there is kangaroos. Uh, hey, we're jumping extremely <laughs> high. They, they jump, I believe, about 12 meters in the air. And uh, they punch. And I'm just landing on your car. They do punch. Shout out Kangaroo Jack. Um, Dingoes. So, yeah. Great film, that. Underrated film. Uh, that, that guy's a terrible actor. But, I mean, he, he had a little niche. What's his name? That, that, that guy. Who was in uh, Kangaroo Jack? Was that Jason Bateman? No, it's no. not Jason Bateman. I know you're talking about. Um... Yeah. Anyway, that guy. Shout out to him. He had a yeah. little run where yeah. he did all those hilarious mo- movies, uh, slapstick. Um, so yeah, Jimbo, what do you see out there? I mean, a couple of dingoes. He's the uglier version of Chris of Chris Evans. So, <laughs> what you what you actually have to do in Australia is, and I, and I think it's sort of like a like a hazing thing. Sure. Um, for <laughs> tourists. Yeah. And so so we went there when we well when we went there. Um, we were there visiting sort of family and cousins and stuff. And they started this thing in the first couple of days with my brother and I, where they were like, okay, you got to be really careful when you're, when you leave the house. Um, and you're in the outdoors because they have these things called drop bears. And so us being new to Australia, uh, we bought into this. We were like, we don't want to encounter a drop bear because we got told that what they do is, they drop from a tree and then they claw your face off if they feel threatened. Got you. So that's what they told us, right? We were like, we do not want this in yeah. our lives ever. We we constantly look like, yeah. until the one day they actually told us that this wasn't actually a thing. Oh my god! <laughs> How long were you guys there before they told you? Uh, we were there for about two weeks total, and we found out about. Couple of days before we went back. To That's Asia. unbelievable! What a way to ruin a kid's holiday! Like, yeah. oh, I want to go swim in the pool. Having said that, I have seen a, a documentary of a spider that sits in the corner of uh, swimming pools in Australia, where if they get you, uh, so clowns and spiders, my guy. Clowns and spiders don't. Don't koalas have chlamydia? <laughs> Wait, what? Koalas have chlamydia? Really? What? What's happening with koalas? Are they just having sex with everyone? <laughs> no, koalas do have chlamydia. That's a, all of them. Wait, is that just like a genetic thing? That yeah. They oh no. Wait, do they all? Are they born? Are you suggesting? Yeah, they, they get cl- chlamydia. For them, cl- chlamydia is like a. Yeah. No, no. Well, they're mammals. I mean, it makes sense. I, the way you put it, though, well, was co- like they, look, co- James. I'm not sure how you heard it. It kind of sounded to me like koalas are born with chlamydia, yeah. and they're just bonking everything. <laughs> the way you put it, there, Senzo. Um, yeah, I'll read it for you. And they've got the biggest, um, the the biggest reptile in Australia, the lolong. Yeah. The how much? Yeah. The lolong. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called the Google it. Guys, now I just feel dirty because I, I, I stroked, this is going to sound weird, I stroked a koala bear while I was in Australia. <laughs> no, that's not a metaphor. James is saying that, um, so also, shout out to you, James, just 
getting ahead of it because we know a guy got cancelled from an insurance video for um, possibly sp- possibly sp- uh, spreading an STD. Possibly, allegedly, the lady could be a liar and that video could have been a deep fake of him admitting it. Um, so shout out to you making, making it clear to your lady that if chlamydia does come into your lives, uh, although you wouldn't be doing anything, you're just saying because uh, that sort of... Um, exactly. Because yeah. because you're still a good Christian boy and a lot, sure. you don't even, from what I've heard is you don't even hold your lady's hand in public. I don't. I, no, no, no holding hands before marriage. Yeah, that that that's it. But shout out to the partner who you do marry is if you do have chlamydia, uh, that's because of the koala bear when you were there. Yeah, I mean, I went listen. to Australia about I think seven years ago. Yeah, but uh, no, no. Uh, listen, uh, sexually transmitted diseases. I'm a, a chronic. I'm afraid. So listen, no, not all of them. Some listen. of them hang on to you for a while. They will cling listen. on. They will cling on like a koala bear. Listen, <laughs> Australia's iconic koala has a problem that keeps boomerang back. <laughs> Chlamydia, a type of sexually transmitted disease also found in humans, yeah. has hit wild koalas hard, with some wild populations seeing a hundred percent infection rate. That's from National Geographic. Oh no! What you got to say at this stage is, thank goodness you're not born as a koala. Some might, a lot of people are saying, a hundred percent is all of them. Uh, oh no, that's terrible because that means every koala has. So, which koalas are those that are a hundred percent? It doesn't really say. This so, so read that again. Read that again. Oh, I just, I just went out of it. But um, okay. I mean, you can go to history and just reopen the page. <laughs> so um, that's tough, Jimbo. I mean, imagine being condemned, Senzo. You know what? I'm not great at math. I, I wish my, my old man or my sister were here. Same. But 100% sounds like they all of those Every koala bears. Single, yeah. In some regions. In says, some regions. So there could be four koalas in, in a region. And they all have chlamydia. So, so we thought... <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. Being guaranteed of chlamydia, is, is, that's a tough way to, to be born. Look, it, it just puts life into perspective, right? We, we thought dealing with a global pandemic was hard. Yeah. All a hundred percent of all of the koalas ever just get chlamydia. So I've just realised what my biggest problem is now is I don't know any experts on koalas because can koalas talk? I mean, so do koala <laughs> ladies go? Oh, Sheila or, or Sheila? Oh, Bruce, you won't believe it. Bruce gave me chlamydia or Matilda. whatever. Matilda, yeah. Oh, you won't believe Sheila. it. Sheila, I went. I went round the AC. Mitchell, yeah. That is the most Australian name on earth. Yeah, that's hey, koala Mitchell just moved. He, he just got moved from the zoo, uh, I don't know, out west or whatever. We're in, uh, I don't know, Wurongong or whatever. Wurongong. And they just moved in here. Oh, you won't believe it. I thought I went on a date with him. He bought me some flowers, right? About oh, the no, What do they eat? What are the leaves they eat? Eucalyptus. Eucalyptus leaves. Ate them. <laughs> the next day, you won't believe it. Scratchy rash. Is out there walking like a rabid dingo? We, we were talking about cricket before this. Yeah, but listen, once, <laughs> I mean, how do you not talk about chlamydia in Australia and koala bears? You know what, you know what's actually really nice in Australia? So they have Leaving a, Australia. Yeah, because there's no more spiders or chlamydia to worry about. Yeah. Or lolongs. But, but what or is lolongs. really nice? <laughs> um, so when I was there, I found, I found a, a new snack that is now one of my favorites forever and always I'm in. Um, and that snack is ginger. So what they do is, I, I don't know how they, they make it or what the process is, but they take ginger and then they either coat it in like icing sugar or whatever it is. And then it's like little cubes of, of ginger and, and it's like a snack that they eat. It's really good. 
Listen, they got to listen. When you are the most isolated place in the world, I mean, yes. all Australia is is an extremely dangerous island with a bunch of prisoners on it. I mean, Honest. Australians might take that as offensive, but uh, that, and that it's is it's extremely what it is. hot. Like, if you're Australian and you, like your family's always been there, you are the descendants of prisoners. There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, that is exactly what it was built for. Don't they ration water in Perth? It's a ridiculous place, Australia. <laughs> Kookaburra, by the way. Kookaburra. Kookaburra yeah. is a real thing, James. Not just a cricket ball; it's a real bird. It's a bird. It's a. I I only knew that when I was probably, and you guys are going to say that's no surprise, James. I only knew that when I was in grade, I think eight or nine. That doesn't surprise me, and that's I knew sad. it wouldn't. I knew it wouldn't surprise that you. It doesn't surprise yeah. me. Uh, yeah. You say to yourself, "Why did your mother work so hard for you to go to private school just to educate the guy under a tree and get a, a nicer car?" Uh, James's mom, but. This is where we are, right? Lack of, again, I don't want to get into how you lack the gratitude. And the only way to be grateful to your parents is when they give you a great education. Maybe just take the time to study. You know what I'm saying, Jimbo? Look, I wish I could say I'm not just a pretty face, but that's all I am. You well, know? at the moment, you do kind of look like... I mean, let's just get one more shot of you there, James, um, before we go to a break. Uh, yeah, number one, James hasn't charged the battery. As you can see, the battery is on fire right now. But that face Floundering. is... The face of a man who, you know, you look like you look like a weed smoking skater boy who just has to get away from his parents, <laughs> and it's just like they don't understand me, bro. Like my parents are just always on my back. You look like that guy. What's what's weed? Because uh, because you're a good Christian. Yeah. Well, I'm just telling you. I tell you what, the weed is. As a Christian, you, you'll understand this. It's the devil's lettuce. So, as a good uh, Christian, obviously, that uh, the devil, you understand, not the good guy. Yeah. 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 And his lettuce. So, you can understand lettuce is a metaphor. Okay. Okay. See, I, this is educational. I, I never knew what a weed was. Every day is a school day, pal. All right. Jimbo, um, listen, we've got a big guest, actually, who's going to have to come on and follow a chlamydia um, sort of weed conversation. Incredible, because <laughs> he's, he's actually a professional human being. So, uh, Jimbo, do we, do we have our guest online? Is he, is he ready to, to be a part of what we're trying to build here as a show? Um, I did just send him a link now, so he should join any minute. We we can probably go into an ad break if you want to. No, we can do that. That's big producing. Uh, Senzo, shout out to you. And uh, did you say chlamydia? Huh? Sure. You guys looked at me like I was Senzo, crazy. Uh, Senzo, I do have one question. Sure. How did how did you just have that fact like stored? I'm also interested in that. You forget I watch everything. Oh, that's true. He does do that. I know a lot about a lot. But what program has? Chlamydia infestation in the koala community. Well, like, what channel do you find? <laughs> koala <community>. National Geographic. <laughs> Incredible. Because you can only find koalas where? In prison town, Australia. With chlamydia. Uh, sorry. Let's go to a that break, guys. Before, <laughs> sorry, that was before. Weird. No, Jimbo, you're dead right. With chlamydia, indeed. No, bec- nah. let's just go to a break. Let's go. <laughs> Folks, now a lot of people are saying this is supposed to be a sports show. <laughs> and what you don't understand is that real life happens. People get chlamydia. And and again, it's human privilege to think we're the only ones that get chlamydia. Koalas are out here struggling. It's a different life. I'm a bear. I'm, I'm weird looking. I'm very slow. I probably get eaten by all the dangerous animals in Australia. That's why I have to be kept in zoos. Not only that. And you only eat one thing. I've got eucalyptus. Terrible thing, terrible. It's, it's got a formidable scent, and also now I've got an STD the whole time, according to Senzo Sateba, some guy in South Africa I've never met. Shout out! You, you know what? Again, get rid of the patriarchy because the real victims here are the koalas and the female ones. Yeah, because the 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 the, the, the they, like guys don't care. They the 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 baby 
baby koalas. I don't know what you call a baby yeah. koala. They get it from their mothers. Bloody hell. This is tough. Okay. Not great PR. Let's see if uh, the koala community can turn it around over the next uh, sort of 20 to 30 years. Maybe change the PR company uh, and see what they can do about turning it around from uh, sort of chlamydia koala to, to maybe capable koala or something like that. Let's, it's all about rebranding. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, big guest coming up on the other side. The coach is back in the house. The MKT show. CliffCentral.com We're going to have to change uh, qualification. I just realized it sounds like a, um, a bear that's carrying around STDs. We can't have that. We're going to have to change university qualification. It's just too close. It's just too close. Oh, we cannot take the chance. I mean... The chance. <laughs> my. Look, we do have a big guest um, just on the line. But before we get to him, that's tough. We, we can't transition with um, sort of STD talk to, the, to an honorable guest that we have. I do think, Jimbo, just before we get to our guest, maybe we should quickly discuss this, is, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be more empathetic, but do the koala community at this, at this stage even care about their PR? Who's doing the PR? The fact that Senzo even knows that that's what they're known for. Like... All right, that's enough feedback from you, James. Uh, you, you don't care about the koala community and their uh, their problems, but yeah, Senzo, that's to me. It is astonishing that you knew that. By the way, astonishing, just astonishing. You should be astonished by what I did yesterday, breaking the news before it broke. That's big time. That that that, that is big time. All right, let's get to somebody who's actually a grown up and uh, lives in America and has raised kids and actually. Uh, isn't going to be, <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm stuck on, you know, I, I should be more professional, but the fact that uh, qu- qualification now, we're going to have to change that. I just don't like what it's associated with. But ladies and gentlemen, a, a human being who has helped uh, men and young women and men develop uh, not only in college, but in the, uh, in the pros and the big time in the NBA, um, of course, uh, a father, an inspiration, a brother, uh, somebody who just loves all-round sport and human development and human wellness, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the coach, Kerry Keating. Coach, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well, and apparently I need to take my uh, concerns to the koala community. I wasn't uh, aware that there were so many issues out there. I, I've now been tainted in, in, uh, in the furry little animal that seems so lovable uh, and, and you know, cool to visit in the zoo. Coach, but apparently I, there's some issues out there. I'm just reporting the news. Personally, I'm just reporting the news. I, 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 listen, I can't write the news. If it's going to be out there, I'm going to have to, uh, with a, a little bit of journalistic integrity, sort of uh, dig into it. But why, boy, oh boy, w- w- what a world. How are you there? What hat are you wearing? That is an incredible hat, by the way. It's cool, eh? This is uh, Travis Matthew. I've been, uh, they've kind of making a run here lately in the golf community. Um, signed a few professional golfers, but I've been, Rocking the Travis Matthew gear for, for quite a long time. Good, good fit. Looks good on me. Keeps me uh, motivated to stay fit so I can fit in, a, in an XL and not a double XL, being 6'5 myself. Oh, so, so you're, uh, you're a so golf yeah. guy, huh? Yeah, I, have, I was for a while. Obviously, when the kids come around, they get full priority. So, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of time. But we're uh, coming full circle, getting them uh, out and about into – higher grade levels and maybe a little bit more time. It's a great sport if you can tolerate it. 
uh, as I like to say, a good walk, a good walk spoiled sometimes. But <laughs> as you get older, that's that, that's where the competitive nature has to come. Right? Got to stay healthy. You don't want to be uh, playing hoops or, or you know running around playing. Uh, I made an attempt at at, at professional uh, the professional type baseball. Um, Hardball, if you will, not softball. Not as you get older in the states, you usually play lob softball. Yeah. Two summers ago, and uh, that turned into two pulled hamstrings. The only two hamstrings ever pulled in my life. So that was over quick. So golf's a little less stressful, a little less injury prone, and not- uh, actually quite quite a, quite a quite a challenging game if you put your mind to it. Yeah, coach. As you can see, I'm obviously uh, an aficionado, sort of the type. Yeah, of you're well versed. I can see that. Yeah, as you can see, I just have this on hand. In in the break, I just kind of practice a gomma hybrid here. So, uh, you, you know, I'll, it's just about getting on the fairway, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so now, coach, uh, because people don't know that you, uh, or they may or may not know that actually you are from New York. I did think that was a New York football giants hat. And, uh, of course, another season. Uh, so, so this is something I don't think we've ever spoken about. I mean, of course, you're a, you, you know, your, 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 your love is obviously your wife and your children. Let's get that out the way. Uh, but obviously basketball, uh, consumes a, a large part of your life, but let's be serious. Uh, you grew up in New York. You've got two teams there uh, in the NFL throwing around the pigskin. Did you? Did your father or family ever uh, force you to pick one? Because you're, you're wearing Giants colors right now. No, we we actually were a collegiate family. My dad was a longtime athletic director and, and coach. So, you know, I, not only did you have two football teams, American football teams, the Jets and the Giants, two hockey teams with the Rangers and the Islanders. And at the time when I was growing up, the Islanders were the best team in the league. The Rangers were maligned. They were going through droughts, so you had all the diehard Rangers fans, usually the ones that were in the Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, right? The Knicks and the Rangers fans were usually as one. Uh, a lot of those guys were Yankees fans. You had the Yankees and the Mets, the Jets and the Giants, the Islanders and the Rangers. Now, you only had one football team in the Cosmos back then, uh, but that obviously never took off. Uh, I was fortunate to be around when – Giorgio Canalia and Shep Messing and Pele were playing for the Cosmos, albeit in a, in a, in a strange way. Uh, and so, Joe yeah, Masono, never by really the way, took South African guy. Uh, Joe Masono, the king, he played for uh, – uh, not sure if you're aware of him. He's the, he, we, we know him as the king here. He's a, he's a Puma or, on, or a lifetime ambassador, the king. He also did, a, did his thing there. I was, a, I was an Adidas guy. My, my boots were Adidas. I wore Beckenbauer's. Oh, I, I wore the, mm, the, the, kangaroo, the, kangaroo skin, the kangaroo skin Beckenbauer's. We were, we were fortunate to be involved in, uh, you know, as I said, the collegiate track. So privy to get some good Adidas gear at the time from the soccer team that my dad was uh, working with at Adelphi University, uh, which had a good soccer program for the college level. Shout out so to the Copa Mundial, coach. Copper Mundials, those high level boots back there. Those Copper Mundials, I've still got mine. Coach, kangaroo leather, in fact, gets better once you sweat in it a little bit. The Copper Mundials, I still got mine from high school, still today, every now and then, I'll get them out and and try to pull a hamstring when I kick a rugby ball. Most comfortable pair of boots (laughs) in the world. Yeah. I got got a great football story for you uh, about pulling hamstrings. So, as you know, I was the head coach at Santa Clara for nine years, uh, the alma mater of Steve Nash, who to truth be known as a better football player and loves football probably more than basketball. Yeah, he's a soccer guy. So he came back he came he's back to campus and uh and, and didn't want to play basketball. He wanted to play a pickup game on a full pitch. 
So he reached out to our women's soccer coach. Uh, shout out to, to Jerry Smith, who won the national championship last year in, in the women's side for the NCA, and asked if we if, if I could play. So I laced up a, a albeit not Copa Mundial's, uh, a pair of Adidas boots, which I still have in the garage, uh, spikes, if you will. Played on the front line and, and play, proceeded to play about a forty-five minute full pitch scrimmage, oh. having not played soccer since I was probably fifteen. Mm. Uh, did put one in the back of the net. I'll give myself some yes, credit. Yes, shout out. Uh, and so I, I retired from soccer on top, injury free, and uh, up <laughs> up on the tally with one goal. The the Pele of <laughs> Santa Clara. They should probably hang your jersey up. You got, hey, you got to be versatile. You got to be versatile. That is what it is, Co Coach. Uh, what, what's been happening in your life before we get into the the, the sports? Uh, how's uh, sort of we we didn't catch you last week. You were busy. You were traveling. Uh, what's been happening in life? Uh, uh, you know, t uh, task human. Or, where, where have you been? Yeah, yeah. We were fortunate to safely get our our task human team, or, or as you say, our task human team together <laughs> uh, last week. Last week in person. You know, tra travel, travel, and meetings are are hard to come by. They're, they're a normal fabric of business development that we that we have, and obviously in, in sales and getting the word out of what we're doing. So it's been hard to do. It's been it's been easier to connect, if you will, virtually, like we are here, and it's timely. But there's just more of an impact when you're trying to really get something so passionate across. So we were able to get our team together. We're still nimble. Uh, we still have numbers where we can meet outside and be outside and, and be separated and safe. So I uh, took advantage of that last week in California. Uh, it was great to see all the team and see the passion that they have for what we're building at Task Human. Uh, really excited about where we're going and what we're doing uh, and working on a big 2021, 2022. I mean, quite honestly, the, the space, if you will, is getting somewhat crowded. Um, but I think we're in a good place because the mental health space that everybody wants to support and put product and put effort into, we've put ourselves in the, in the forefront of that with a preventative offering that really is one of a kind. Uh, I really encourage everyone to check it out. And, and look, it, it's a worldwide offering. If, you're, if your company or your entity is looking for a way to support its employees, uh, that's exactly how we're going about it. We're going directly to the companies to get every employee at that company unlimited, uh, unfettered usage, and in some cases, maybe extending that usage to spouses to bring it back home where it's so needed. Uh, I'm really, really excited about what we're doing, what we can do, and, and things that we're getting ready to change for the better and enhance and help out especially given this time that we're all going through. Uh, Coach, and I mean, obviously, that, that, that's really, really important. Uh, Jimbo, you can leave that tweet up there uh, so people can read as we speak. If you are listening on the podcast, you can come join us on YouTube uh, or just uh, watch us and post on YouTube. Uh, uh, Task Human uh, <laughs> is, uh, yeah. So that, you could say is, tough. You could say tough. Okay. Uh, that's tough, though. I mean, if you are American, you're hearing Task, you, you, you're not too sure uh, what's going on there. And we would like Americans to listen to... Um, to what we are making here as, as content. But coach, an interesting thing happened, a uh, sport which has never made its way to America really, uh, probably because uh, baseball's boring enough. Uh, cricket is a tough one to sell. So uh, the um, sort of biggest, probably the biggest star in sort of the Western world of cricket, a guy called Ben Stokes. He's just, over the last five years, he's taken over cricket, recently took a break. Um, obviously, uh, Simone Biles, uh, or I'm not sure. How, how do the Americans say it? Because we're confused this side. Is it Simone? Simone? What are we saying there? I mean, legend. We would love Simone, to call it legend, Simone. certified legend. Simone, in terms of the name? Yeah. I mean, Simone is usually 
depending on where the accent is. Americans are classic for butchering names and accents, no matter where the dialect is, anyway. So See, they'll claim they'll claim correct no, no matter how it's said. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You have changed. I mean, uh, you you have got a lot of Eastern Europeans who immigrated there in your time, and you have made a mess of uh, sort of anything with a K, <laughs> anything with syllables next to it, particularly Polish S. S and a K. It is so tough for Americans, and they they kind of just butcher it. They go Coach K or whatever, you know. No, <laughs> that's. I mean, you might as well. You got a Polish surname. We're just going to call him Coach K. But um, I think he, so. He's just taken off um, on a very serious note because of this. And you know, I don't come from an empathetic background, but I mean, as we think about it more, and there 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 are with wisdom. Obviously, with time comes wisdom. Is that. He said, I want to take myself out of the arena. And coach, this is, you, you know, perhaps up front, people may say this is just for the regular human day to day. But are you, is a task human going to be offered to colleges, to sort of sporting spaces as well? Are, are you interacting with that space? Because let's face it, coach, and I'd love to hear where this is where business meets uh, the romance of sport is that as the money goes up, and I've never met a billionaire who doesn't want ROI, return on investment, is that as the money goes up on athletes, we must never think that the pressure stays the same. Is The more billionaires are willing to shell out, the more they expect and turn athletes into products. And, and it has broken a few of our athletes uh, lately. So just your thoughts on uh, Task Human, how they, you're going to interact with the sporting space and, and creating a, a, a space for, guy, for Simone Biles, for, for Ben Stokes, etc.? Well, we, we very much need to be. I mean, I, let's face it, we're, we're not opposed, or I should say, our track is, is not to serve specific entities or communities. Our track is to serve 3 billion people. Uh, that's about the amount of phones that there are in the world. We're a mobile or mobile platform, and we exist on, on Android or iOS or any tablet. We'll, we'll eventually expand that out to desktop offerings. But we wanted it to be mobile first so that you can get this support on demand. Remember, our, our, our Uber for humans type experience begets that you have the ability to do this wherever you are. The phone has been good, somewhat bad, back to being good. Now it's a fabric and part of everyday life across the globe. So we don't want to be... Um, shut out of any community, of any of anyone that needs support, that needs to talk to someone. Look, you wake up in the morning and you feel a certain way, good, bad, or indifferent. Nine times out of 10, you need to talk to someone about it. Yeah. In some cases, as you mentioned, you're fortunate enough to have a spouse or a significant other or, or a partner that you can. Sometimes uh, you have uh, coworkers, you have teammates, you have other people. We have people. We're all here together. And how do we reconnect them? But how do we connect them to people that can help you specifically with what you want? And this is the crux of what we've built at TaskHuman. We've built a search engine into that you can just tell it how you feel. Tell us how you feel. We will learn that through all, all the technology that we're fortunate enough to have taken advantage of and match you with the right person. And you know what? If it's not the right person, you don't have to talk to them. You can keep looking for someone. And once you make that connection, you'll be able to find them again. In the case of the sporting world, what we're seeing here is there's a little bit of, of, of a crossover. In, in one hand, you have the old school that says, look, you're getting paid millions, sometimes billions. I mean, in the, in the, in the case of, I think I saw Ronaldo, you're getting paid $3 a second, mm -hmm. right, to play. Mm -hmm. Not just when you're on the pitch, when you exist. You're getting paid $2.50 a second, all right? Like, you should already be ready to do what I need you to do as a fan, and, and I'm supporting that, right? P 
PSG isn't printing money or crypto. There's a, there's a, there's a cycle that goes through in, into how that money gets cycled back to the people that are bringing people like us and fans into the ecosystem. So there's an expectation there. But with, with, with great expectation comes great responsibility. But there's a personal responsibility to be able to perform at the highest level. We're seeing this with a lot of younger athletes because of what's transpired in the last decade with social media giving access to everybody. There's a, there's a delicate balance between building a brand socially to get yourself to that level, but also balancing out that brand with the access with yourself. And I think what we're seeing is, is a lot of athletes put a lot of priority on getting to that point, on being socially aware, on being socially fit, but not being mentally fit to handle all the pressures that come with that on top of performance, yeah. the performance anxiety, the pressure to get to that level. So this is not going to end. This, this is going to be, be common. And I think we have to be cautious and balance out the fan part of it where we're like, look, you're getting paid billions. Go do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, get on with, with the, the human element of yeah, support, like 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 support of, of the person and understand that that sometimes they need to turn it off. They need they do need a break. And it's hard as a fan to not have access to that all the time. Well, coach, as a um, fan, you, you want you yeah. want it like they, you want that all the time. So so I, I expect us to be fully at the forefront of that because of the fact and I'll leave you with this. We are preventative in nature. We're not th- task human is not therapeutic or clinical or medical. It's in the preventative side, which we feel and have felt for four years now that it's the most important part. Uh, my mother always says prevention is better than cure. So that, that is fantastic news for, and I do need to say just before Senzo, so I, I do have a very handsome young man with me here who has a question for you, coach. But um, I do have to say is I'm life- not about, is not about sexually challenged koalas. Oh, you? no, no, no. No, those koalas, uh, straight after this, I will be calling Australia and they do have to rebrand because that whole thing, I mean, I, I'm not going to, you know, we're, we're speaking about health here, not the other thing that they've got. So let's try and keep it on a positive track is, um, you know, I am on a journey myself. I'm very much an individualist and sometimes the world is very, very difficult for me to observe from somebody who faces those challenges because I don't understand the science well enough is that I have never faced those challenges. So, you know, this is a good learning curve for me as well. So it's an absolute honor that, and I appreciate you for being open enough to talk about this because, you know, especially for the the billionaires and the old heads that whether we like it or not, still have the, the deep pockets is that these are very uncomfortable conversations because you can't really put a bottom line on Ben Stokes not feeling well mentally every day. You don't know. There, there is no formula for that until the science gets better. And that's probably like 150 years away. So, hey, it's a journey for me as well. Uh, Senzo, what you got for the coach? How's the coach? How are you doing? Great. Great. Yourself? Oh, good, good, good. Thanks. You're looking good. Looking good. I like the caps. It's actually swagging. Right. I got to keep... Yeah, keep it going. Uh, absolutely. Um, I just want to find out from you, like, how's, um, with regards to uh, Task Human, and how, how's it been received, and which demographic have you been surprised the most by? Well, our, our numbers and our, our data that we get back from just general usage has been, has been record-setting in the business world. You know, we, we have to take a track early on, Senzo, to scale this, to get this, available to get it visible the track that we've taken started out with a proof of concept on the consumer side and that's hard to grow one by one you know old school main street type grassroots is difficult to come by where we're at right now is what we call b2b to c we're we're business to business to consumer Mm. 
we're taking it directly to companies. We're not even really going through their HR or what we call over here employee assistance programs, which for the American market have really been upsells for insurance companies to sell other products. It's mm. a marketplace for the insurance companies. We, we removed ourselves from that in the beginning to go directly to the consumer, directly to the business, because we want everyone to have this. You know, I, I, I'll say this, Senzo, I, I had an awakening on this in the very early stages about three and a half years ago when we went to, to college campus and it hit me that we have a tool that can really transform collegiate campuses and really any entity that needs to connect people one-on-one anytime with their resources. And I said, you know, we can, we can white label this. We can make it exclusive to certain people. And, and the founder, way smarter than, than me, of course, hmm. uh, for obvious reasons, said, you know what? I don't want to white label this. And I think, well, why wouldn't you do that? This is so valuable. He says, no, what's more valuable is the community of coaches that we're building. Understand something about Taskum, and it's double-sided, in some ways multi-sided. Mm. It's users and it's coaches. We are sourcing coaches worldwide Absolutely. in all parts of the, of the world, right? So, you know, we want to give people access to that. There's no reason why if I want to talk to someone about clean eating who resides in South Africa as opposed to South Carolina – that I can't get access to them. Why can't we get access to them when we need them if they're available? That's the crux of this. Center, yeah, I mean, that, it, it, that that's a great point. I'm available to yeah. talk to you. And if, if I can see that I can I, I have a person driving a car around my neighborhood that says I'm available to drive you, that's all well and good. Uber has proven that. We've made Uber for humans on a worldwide basis. That's, it's been that's, super that's well insane. received and I think ready to take off. I think it's, I think Senzo we'll be able to look back on this very segment and say that we were at the forefront of what's going to become standard practice for every phone that you own and you purchase. This should be preloaded. Everybody has a fundamental right to wellness. That has been our belief and our mission from day one. Yeah. Not because of COVID, but day one. COVID has highlighted it. Our new challenge is moving forward in the next century. I Absolutely. think this should become a standard part of everyday life for everyone worldwide. So you're doing a better job than Nokia, connecting people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, shout out to Nokia. They were a printing company and then they were a phone company. And now they are just, I don't know, they just happen to have units that they had to remodel and try and sell to us again with the same operating software as uh, 25 years ago. Um, happy people make productive people. Let's talk about some happy people. They play, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Coach. Um, in a in a country long, uh, far far away, um, France uh, is that there is a con- a country called PSG. Within that, uh, Paris Saint Germain are a football club sponsored by my, the, the Jordan brand. Uh, shout out to them for getting that. Is they are essentially spending the GDP of many countries on uh, guys to kick around a leather ball, and I love all of it. Uh, but it is changing the landscape of business. I just want to go go over to some sport before we go to a break. Is that I'm not sure if you've heard about what PSG. I'm, 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 how much of that kind of makes its way to America, Coach? Because, the, like, you, you got to understand on this side of the pond, this is changing fundamentally the biggest sports. It, it really is the, the the biggest TV show in the world, which uh, we call football. This side you call soccer, and you're in. It'll never be the same again. And it was the fear of UEFA and uh, uh, the great Arsene Wenger who said. If countries own and back a football club, the sort of spending that can go on is astronomical. Uh, PSG have two teams which could compete with anybody in the world. I'm not sure if you've seen what's gone on uh, this side, Coach. Has it come over to your side at all and your thoughts? Well, it's, it's come over to our side, and you, you led with this. 
they're sponsored by Jordan Brand. And I, I think what's happening now is, and, and I think you have you know, LeBron has a partial stake in, in, in Liverpool. You have this crossover of entities at the highest level of sport that are making other sports more visible, more socially accepted. Um, you know, there's a brand involved in this too. You know, it kind of coincides. There's a, there's a brand part of it that supports the spending, that supports them going out and getting quite possibly the one of the greatest front lines in, in, in all of football. Spending notwithstanding, there's talent on that team. And if that team is winning and representing the sport in that sense, and a, and a global one at that, although more held in higher regard, as you said, on your side of the pond than ours, but slowly starting to creep up. We just, we're going through things with our national team right now. We do want, there is a throng of people in America that do want the national team to compete on a world level. I mean, it's because of the competitive nature, but I think what PSG is doing is creating a brand that, that can, can go across uh, borders. You know, Jordan brand, you have a, the most iconic basketball player in the history of branding, yeah, Air Jordan, the, the, the Jordan logo, sponsoring a football team in France, and and the ask is that they come to that level, right? So it, it only makes sense. Now, my question is, where does it end? How, well, how, that's how the are we going? You know, like like when 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 is it? This, this to me is very very similar to what the Yankees have established in in baseball a little bit of what the Cowboys have established in football and from a branding standpoint, you know, America's team is in Dallas. It's not the capital of America. It's just, it's a brand. So people are attracted to two things, really individual athletes that are iconic. And then the brand there, there are Cowboy fans everywhere. There are Yankee fans everywhere. Um, you know, I suspect that in the world of football, you probably run across that there are PSG fans, especially of the younger set, yeah. that are fans just because they like the brand, they like the gear, they like the logo. It, it, and it now took seven hours for Neo Messi's shirt to get sold you out. We have all the Neymar's people now saying, I like PSG because Neymar's on the team. So yeah, it's true. They're, they're combining the, the individuality of the branding of sport, you know, with Messi, with Neymar, with, with the younger set of Mbappe. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where it ends or how it ends, but I, I do know that. They're, so far, what are they four zero on the table? Yeah. If, if if there's a zero in the L in the L column on the table, and there's not as many draws, then the money is worth well worth spent, especially if they can get to the end. It's and an interesting one. Trophy. It's an interesting one because you said the money is well spent. We have seen the American approach. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw the, the the Super League tried to come across here. Obviously, what that was essentially was an a, a, a sort of what we call that that, that closed system of the NFL. Um, you know, where it's sort of a, what do you call it? Like a collegiate system. Um, I'm not sure what you call the system. Of the NFL. Like a development system. Yeah. So where you cannot get relegated or whatever is that I've always found if, if one thing Americans do one thing brilliantly is that you don't mind the money interjecting into the sport. And Europe has always struggled with that because, you know, what is the great saying? Um, America is built on money. Uh, Europe is built on history. And boy, oh boy, do they like their history. So now we are seeing a clash between the romance versus uh, the money. And, and it's interesting to me. I think it'll be easier for Americans to absorb the PSG thing than us here because for us, it's, it's so much more yeah. romantic. You're used to Jerry Jones, as you say. And coach, before we go to a break, um, and I'll let Senzo take us to the break in a bit, is that tell me this though. 
is you know something that worries me a little bit for sport because I, I there there is the romance in it is the fact that Jerry is able to generate that machine at the Cowboys is what it's telling me is you don't have to be you don't have to win to be the biggest brand. Yeah. Does that worry you at all as a sports fan? Like, or, or do you think all right, whatever, just get the athletes paid? Absolutely. You know where a lot of that vitriol goes to is towards the players. Yeah. I mean, the, the two biggest guys that are going to face the, the wrath of the Cowboys are going to be Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. They're the two biggest offensive players. They have to produce. If they don't, they ship them out. They move them on. Players come and go. But the fans take that vitriol out really on the players now more than the owners because the owners have created this machine. Well said. I mean, uh, the, hey, the guy that started a shout out Steinbrenner. Uh, buying everybody for the Yankees everywhere and just turning it into a dynasty. Hey, A-Rod, you get in here. Uh, hey, the, the sort of the biracial yeah. angel that, that is Derek Jeter, you get in here as well. Let's make this thing happen. We're going to build a dynasty and just spend like 10 times. I just love it. Luxury tax, forget about it. We're going to buy everybody. Let's get the pinstripes on and let's lift those banners. Shout out to him. Uh, just, uh, wow. Uh, Senza, what you got before we go into the break, pal? But it's coming back to the Yankees point, like now you brought it in nicely because I mean, that Jordan, that Jordan partnership, what it does is look at the Yankee fitted. That cap has transcended sport. It's now a, a, a staple diet, like a symbol in pop culture. I mean, people who have never watched the Yankees play don't even know who the Yankees are. They're wearing Yankee fitted. So there, there you go. Yeah. Coach, uh, just before we go, I mean, you did mention the Dallas Cowboys and uh, Dak Prescott. Shout out to him getting $75 million this year. Tom Brady's only getting 23. What are we thinking this week? Uh, that, that's tomorrow, by the way. Tom Brady throw what? Five, five tutters, uh, throws for 450 yards. Get, get out of there with a 45 10 victory or something. Hey, all I know is Tom Brady will be playing at the end of the season. I don't judge him week by week. He's earned the right to be judged by Super Bowls now. So, Talk about elevating your level. Oh, man. Hey, shout out to Jerry. Shout out to Jerry. Like, we all bought into the facade. They have 25 years that they have not been to the promised land. They've won one uh, playoff game in 25 years, folks. Dak Prescott. Some will say, oh, hey, that they, they, Go ahead. They've, they've, they've built this massive facility in the arms race of facilities. I mean, they're oh, hard just keeps up in the game in, 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 a, in a business sense. And then again... The Hard Knocks thing has been interesting. It's been a blessing and a curse to some. It's great entertainment. It's great TV. You know, I, shout out Liv Schreiber. My dream oh. job. I would love to be Liv Schreiber's replacement. I want that voiceover job when he's ready to hang it up. Wherever you are, look me up. I'll hook you up. I'm in. Whatever it takes. <laughs> but I, I love Hard Knocks. Oh, me too. I, I'm a huge fan of it. But, but to put your team on display like that, when, again, you went through the offseason deal with Dak Prescott, you got to keep him healthy. You know, you're, you're, you're peeling the onion back even more than it already is. I mean, Jerry yeah. Jones is basically saying, bring it out. Yeah. So, so if you're that type of player, take that pressure, take that, more power to you. No no team will benefit more from winning a Super Bowl right now than the Cowboys. Oh, so the and, rich will get rich. And they are not winning a thing. Coach, they are not winning a thing. Uh, Mike McCarthy, maybe the least inspiring human being. I'm not sure if you've seen his speeches where he tried to fake it for the for the preseason game. Mike, that is tough. <laughs> Listen, Mike McCarthy, Pittsburgh guy, tough. You know, the Yins is down there. They're built different. Coach, we're going to take a little break and we're going to be back uh, in, in a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the, the coach, Kerry Keating. We're going to talk about college, something he understands really, really well. I'm interested in a part of college sport. I'm not sure how it develops. Coach will unbreak, unpack all of that for us. 
And there's an Australian kid, uh, by the way. Australia hasn't had good pub today. Uh, he's in, he's in a little bit of trouble. I'll see what coach thinks, uh, whether he can resurrect his career. Ladies and gentlemen, the MKT show. See you in a bit. Cliffcentral.com. You did it. You did it. You are still doing it. You know what I mean? No, that's, that's big time broadcasting from you, Senses Tebe, as well. Uh, coach, you will notice uh, we are back, by the way. Kerry Keating joining us uh, all the way from uh, the United States of America. Uh, coach, you'll notice I'm, I'm holding uh, what's called a field hockey stick where you are. We just call it hockey this side. Uh, so just in case you thought I'm just a golf guy, uh, I've got plenty in the locker. So, I, I, you know, just a little bit of respect. That's all, I, that's all I'm asking for. Coach, I want to get straight into something, by the way. Um, there is such an interesting thing that happened because just uh, I'm a huge Alabama Crimson Tide fan. Massive Alabama Crimson Tide. Love college football. But I'm, I'm so interested in the business side of American sports. And I just I, I love everything that happens in America in terms of the sports side. Uh, love and hate, you know, you, you know, all two, uh, what, what's it, two sides of the same coin, blah, blah, blah. Um, I watched the Bama um, win this weekend, Nick Saban, shout out saying Nick, obviously he deserves a statue while he's still alive, uh, just put it in, you know, in Tuscaloosa, just shut it down, call it uh, Saban Town. Um, but having said that, and it got me thinking was, I just don't understand in a country so besotted with business and sport, and obviously what's good for the product is... I don't know how you let places like Alabama develop into dynasties like that. Does that just, how does it happen? I mean, you, you know, you're, for, you, you're, you're fortunate enough to be in a collegiate family. Is I just don't understand how dynasties happen. Number one, just from a, the, you know, the it's so rare because it's not like the NFL where you get to keep the guys and just pay the guys the most. Is how do you do it like Bama have done it? Uh, sort of, uh, you, you know, Villanova, we, we're kind of seeing uh, what, they, what they've done. Uh, Coach K, I mean, he, he, he's been doing what he's doing since 1980. Shout out to him retiring this year, by the way. But um, just your thoughts on that, Coach. I, I, I've never understood how it works in terms of these dynasties lasting forever. Nick Saban being the best example now. You've been in the system. Could you maybe break that down for us and why they don't stop it? Well, the collegiate side has never been a level playing field. There's haves and have-nots. And really, traditionally, and most recently in the last 20 years, the money was not able to go back towards the people that were most responsible for it, which was the players. That's all changing now and evolving uh, with name, image, and likeness opening the door for some monies to be transferred or directed to the players. They NCA with long was was stuck stuck on protecting amateurism that you would go to play sport at college or university for in exchange for a scholarship or part of a scholarship. But even at that level, what we call the highest level division one, where you can give full scholarships to certain people in certain sports, it's still very much uneven. Uh, again, I, you know, we, we in our last segment talked about PSG and, and the globalization of the brand. You know, and here we are, you're saying you love Alabama. You're not saying you love Kansas football or Duke football or UConn football. You know, you, you gravitate towards the highest level of, of winning and highest level of performance. Most of the time in college, as you said, St. Nick deserves a statue. That goes back to the coach. The coach has been given the ultimate control in college athletics at the highest levels, basketball and football. What what Nick, and, and let's, let's be honest here too, 
it wasn't like Nick Saban fell out of the womb and started coaching Alabama to national championships. He went through some tough times. He was already a head coach in Michigan State. He was in the NFL and didn't work out. Yeah, He's found the right landing spot. He's found an ability to kind of really craft and mold his mind into the program. Clemson has made a run at that recently. Certainly we're seeing the traditional powers in the SEC uh, you know, rise up and fall. Georgia has somewhat maintained that. It came out strong last week with a win over Clemson out of the gate. But Alabama has certainly set the bar. And I'll tell you where it stems from, too. Even though they're not paying those players or haven't been, look at the amount of players that that he's putting into the NFL after they're done at Alabama. Quarterback in football, football has required those kids to be in school for for a certain amount of time. Unlike basketball, they can come and go. So there is a development aspect that has been an undertone in in college athletics for football. But look at the rosters, and Saban has found found a way to win. Multiplied that, but really multiplied it with an opportunity that's twofold. Good players and financial support. That machine has turned into a brand, has turned – look, I, I have, I have a, a cousin on my wife's side, non-athletic, not, not going to school for sport, uh, eight, you know, I think getting ready of have, having not already graduated, from the West Coast and the East Bay of California. I mean, you know how many schools – you fly over when you leave San Jose or San Francisco to get to Georgia or, or wherever you're flying for Alabama. I mean, you could go anywhere. Yeah. She goes to Alabama. Oh. Why does she go to Alabama? Because the football team is kicking ass. Like, look, it is what it is. And the rich do get richer. So, you know, I, I, I think that I think that, you know, the the the, the roll tide brand transcends borders. And it, it's people like winners. You know, and, and and I think something else, too, about Coach Saban, he tells it like it is. I, I think from a purist standpoint, a lot of people like that. His press conferences aren't quite Belichick level of, 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 of standoffishness. <laughs> but you're going to learn something every time you're in there. Like, he'll take it to where he wants it to go. He controls that. And, and I applaud him for that because that's difficult. To yeah, do. he'll tell you he'll tell you about his program. Yeah, uh, to tell you about uh, our program down here. Uh, he says, uh, <laughs> Nick Saban says, uh, our program. Uh, we, we get him in here in our program, and uh, we go and roll tide. Uh, thank you very much. He gets the hell out of there. Uh, I mean, imagine, what do you think? Because him and uh, obviously. But, 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 but not, without, not, not without putting the, 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 the brand of the moment up on the podium, whether it's Pepsi. Yeah. Coca-Cola, there it is. Yeah. Have a, he always has the like Coke it. with him. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he's a great brand. You gotta gotta love his brand loyalty. Nine million dollars, I read. Uh, I mean, I'm not getting paid the rock, Travis Matthew, but I'm still gonna have the brand loyalty at least for now. Sure. <laughs> well, shout out to them. Maybe after this, they sponsor you. I mean, you are in 1080 uh, HD. I mean, if they can't see it, that you love their product here. But uh, just from the business side, I mean, he he gets nine million dollars a year. I'm really interested, Coach, sure. having been in that ecosystem. Is that I hear what you're saying, but when you when I read about the Texas Longhorns, if if it was just about money, as you say, the coach is important. Is that I mean, Texas are going through that. Obviously, they got Sarkeesian. Uh, shout out to him. He's left his mentor now. He's gone over, and none of the guys ever do as well once they leave Saban or Belichick. We know how that whole thing goes. Is from the business side. Is I'm really really interested. If it's not just about money, because Texas have what probably the biggest college. Uh, TV revenue uh, out there. I mean, I have been down there to watch a game at that stadium. It's one it's of the most ridiculous. electrifying things I've ever, ever experienced. But from the business side is when you say the financial support, uh, maybe you could explain to us how these pro- programs, as uh, Nick Saban would say, are funded, that it's not just you're a big university and we're collecting money from the students. 
how do they generate all this wealth? Uh, and how do, how's Alabama doing better? I mean, we, we, we had the Gators in the 90s. Uh, they, are, they are nowhere. I mean, obviously, you had um, Joey B do his thing one year at LSU. But it, it's been Saban. I mean, I, I wrote down the numbers here. It, they've been eight out of the last 12 years in the college football final and seven titles. I mean, Nick Saban, it's, it's just unbelievable at this stage. But uh, like you said, it's not a play, even playing field. Could you maybe explain uh, the, the sort of numbers and how you generate money uh, in a college program? Well, there's, there's two things I'm playing to pool answer now, that. By the way. I'm playing pool. Sorry, coach. Part, Not so if you're short. Uh, I'm playing pool now. You thought I'd, I was just playing hockey. I'm playing pool now. Hey, little, little, little snooker? Snoo- oh, all right. It is snooker 10 ball or 8 ball or whatever you call it. Billards. Billards. Yeah, billards is the big table. I, I'm not doing Good that. Billiards. Yeah, that, that's, billiards that table's billiards. massive. Uh, shout out Steve Davis, the greatest to no, ever do it. Uh, Willie Moscone. Oh, yeah. So, always. so I'd say... I'd say that the answer is twofold. We'll get to the second part, and I'll mention it now. Le- leadership is obviously key, and we'll go back to why that, that is the case. And I'll actually use Texas as an example of what may happen this year on the basketball side. But, but in terms of revenue generation, it really has become this influx of media money over the last couple of decades uh, that has gone to the big powers. And look what's happening now. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving their conference to go to the SEC. We're starting to see that the transformation of college uh, athletics landscape into these, you know, potentially four super conferences. I would love, by the way, speaking of, of tables and relegation, for there to be a, a relegation type of setup so that you cannot just park yourself and reap the rewards if you're not really performing uh, because it's not amateurism anymore. This has now become a full-fledged business and there's no veil uh, of amateurism that, that the NCAA has lived behind for, for years. But, but the Longhorn Network, certainly they've established their brand and been able to reap the benefits of that. That's driven a lot of their decisions on what to do uh, recently here and what not to do, if you will. But if you can match the right leadership with, with, the, with the amount of support and your brand and your licensing, your marketing, you know, like, look, it, it, it's a cycle. You know, you're, you're, you're in the business to, to, to sell uh, goods, to sell, to sell gear, to sell the brand. Um, you know, colors, colors and, and schemes and logos mean something. And if you're coupling that with, with winning, uh, look, you can get you can actually get high school kids to come to your school because you have nice gear and a good setup. You know, it, it, it depends on if they're able actually to perform and play. And that's up to you as the coach to decide. But if you put the right person in with the right brand and the right support, you're going to win year in and year out. That happened at Duke in the, in, in the 90s. Uh, it's happening now in Alabama football, Duke with basketball. It's happening with Alabama football now. Texas spent a lot of that money to get their basketball staff and program righted with a coach who had done it in that state at the highest level in Chris Beard and is a Texas guy. It, it may be the perfect match for a guy that could be at Texas for a long, long time. And in a quick amount of time, He's put them in at least in a, in a projected sense to be at the top of the table this year and potentially in the final four. So a quick turnaround and money well spent because at least from the Texas ecosystem of all the UT related folks, the alumni and the fans, they'll feed that money back in by going to games, by, by purchasing the TV packages, by getting. And now with the, with the streaming, there's a whole nother way that, 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 that you can generate those monies because you can specifically generate that money from people who just want to watch Texas athletics, not just on the Longhorn Network, but in their own streaming way. 
Uh, Coach, I just want to jump in there. It's very very much an ecosystem that will not change. Yeah. And there will always be the have and the have nots in college athletics. Now, uh, something that I've read about, and we can maybe delve into this because it does actually happen in our school system. So, uh, So the most professional sport, I believe, in Africa... Uh, you may or may not know this, is schools rugby in South Africa. It is mm. the most professionally run thing you've ever seen. It's very much copy-paste of the college football model. Is um, So w- what what the big schools here benefit with, because our high schools, the private schools, what we call private schools here, are essentially your big colleges there, is that the alumnus matters because who the alumni are is what your facilities will look like because they will, you know, there's business relationships. We understand. I mean, I don't think it's a controversial or a sort of conspiracy theory thing to say that we understand that the types of people that have one, two billion dollars, if they're your alumni and they uh, give back and you've got a $50 million training center, which happens here, by the way, I'm not saying that's unique to America. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I do look at Alabama and I think, okay, that is one place where it's surprising to me that they're able to do this um, because why why aren't Duke doing this? Why aren't so, so, sort of um, – is it because on the East Coast um, it's more education-focused because we understand that, I mean, outside of Andrew Luck, you haven't really seen anybody uh, come out of those really nerd places. Uh, let's be very honest. All they care is about academics is kind of the thing. You haven't seen anybody come from uh, – so you know, from sort of Brown or or Harvard or or Yale or anybody who's is it because the attention just isn't on sport and the alumni would rather pay for a a science center and have their name on that rather than a, 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 a basketball facility. There's a decision that you really have to make when you're when you're in the highest levels of leadership in academia is how do you want to drive the business of education and it's it's a very much a balance because let's be honest the resources and the, and the knowledge that are on college campuses are really the reason why you should be there to gain that knowledge, make those relationships. However, there's a social aspect. There's another supporting aspect. There's a branding aspect that we know exists in the collegiate athletic sense. There's a decision you make on those campuses, which direction you want to go to generate the monies from the donors, from the alumni. You're, you're kind of trained in this mindset of, of, of higher education, as soon as you get on campus to give back, give back, give back, even before you've got anything, they want you to give back. It, it's kind of a vicious cycle. And really what you have to be motivated to do is draw as much out of that as possible, whether an athlete or not, from them while you can to elevate your ability, whether it's in business, whether it's investments, whether it's in entrepreneurship or in the athletic sense, to earn from those experiences from those abilities that the school has afforded you, whether it's in sport or in academic or in research or travel, whatever it may be. Got you. And try to feed the, feed the next generation. I got to be honest, and I'm not want to plug it you know, wholesale on the show, but this is the crux of what we have, I think, inadvertently, but now intentionally built at Task Human. Yeah. Colleges have always looked to have what we call an alumni to death connection. Yeah. With the school being at the center of that to everyone, they've never been able to establish that. We have established that in a mobile worldwide sense of task human, because what you're doing is you're giving them something meaningful while they're there, maybe even before they're there. You're giving it to them if you're smart on the way out the door as a benefit to them for being here. And then we're able to connect them back as a mentor back on the tile. Now, as it relates to what we're talking about, 
the mentorship and the donor and the alumni, they're giving back because of the sense of pride that they had when they were there. Yeah. And if it's successful, it will steamroll and the money will come back. It happens with Duke. It's happening with Kentucky basketball right now. Yeah. The tagline for Kentucky basketball, La Familia. You know, Calipari is one of the greatest ringleaders and all-time, P, uh, you know, current PT Barnums of, of, of college basketball. He's a salesman. He's a marketing person. He's really done a great. They just signed the number one player in the country for the first time in 10 years. They haven't signed ten, uh, since Nerlens Noel and Anthony Davis. They just got the, the, the next number one player to come. All that 10 years, he's built up this factory, a la Alabama football, yeah. of sending players to the NBA. He's prioritized sending players to the NBA more than winning at Kentucky. It's been a little bit of a challenge, to be quite honest with you, people at Kentucky. But you know what? It hasn't stopped them from feeding back into facilities and training centers and abilities and, play and TV contracts. The brand is strong at Kentucky, just like it is at Alabama for football. Coach. So it's not easy. Yeah. As you mentioned, why isn't everybody doing it? Two things. You need dynamic leadership who understands that and has an ability to coach when you need to coach and sell when you need to sell. And you also need to have that support on campus. And then you need to be able to win. You need to be able yeah, to get the helps. players on the field are able to win. That's the bottom line. That helps. If you have Tua uh, and Najee Harris, uh, I mean, uh, if you've got to let go of Jalen Hurts, I mean, it's going to help you win once you've built, like you said, that that steamroll. But let me ask you this, Coach, a very real question, and you don't have to answer if this puts you in a position. But, I mean, having coached um, in the collegiate system, how influential are those big alumni? Because I've, I've, read some, I've read some articles where they are starting to make decisions about coaches. And th- now that's going to a whole different place where if the money guys... And, and listen, he who pays the piper plays the tune. We, we understand this globally. But how, how true is that? Because I've always wondered to these big coaches like yourself, you've been in the program, is do the money boys uh, say to the athletic director, uh, no, 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 this ain't going to work any longer. Well, you know what's really interesting now about who those money guys are? They're the former players. You know, we talked about them in the open, about the brand yeah. of paying someone, to, paying Neymar 250 a second. Now, there's money. So in our case, you have a grassroots program, what we refer to as AAU in the basketball sense. It creates these camaraderies and these cross-border abilities to have friendships in the comp- competitive level, to build the brand on social media, to almost make decisions with each other, even though you may not have ever known each other before the summer started when you played with each other. A lot of those teams are being sponsored and funded by former players now. Chris Paul has a team. LeBron James has been involved in that. Uh, Carmelo Anthony has a team. Like There there are guys that are giving back pre-college into the grassroots scene, and then a lot of those decisions where the guys go to school and go to college, albeit maybe just for a year now, uh, are based on what those relationships are with the players. And now the coaches have to take a third step. You have to be dynamic as a coach. You have to be dynamic as a marketer, but you also have to be dynamic as a relationship builder and keeper. Oh. That, that's always been the case. Now it's kind of, it's kind of you know, put on steroids. Look, I, I was no more of, a, of, a, of a, an example of this than leaving a place that's iconic in nature at UCLA as an assistant decide to be a head coach and start a program at a smaller school at Santa Clara, an academic school, as you mentioned before, that may have not and probably doesn't prioritize athletics. That didn't matter to me as much as the players I was able to give this unbelievable education to, graduate them all, win at some sort of level, albeit not as easy to do because even a school in our conference was 10 times more funded. And even still, that wasn't enough for them, right? So, 
So you have to balance that out in those three prongs currently as a head coach. Show your chops to be able to be technically correct when, when it's called for as a coach. Yeah. Get the right players on board and market the program properly, but then also be able to relate. You know, be able to relate to, to what's current to them, to what makes them tick, to, to keep that relationship longstanding well after they're done playing for you because you only have them for one, two, three, or four, and sometimes five years in college. I, I, I think it's all getting ready to get turned on its head. I'm looking forward to talking about this more as it changes yeah. because, again, it's become now – and now the cat's out of the bag, really, for everybody. This is a full-fledged business. We're going to be paying the players in some way, shape, or form. Once they unionize and get to collective bargaining agreements, I think you'll see a lot of coaches on the on the end, other end of the spectrum leaving the game because that's not what they come up with. They've made their money and they'll sunset. It's the next generation of coaches that I'm really excited to help develop yeah. and really work with to see if we can sustain this going into the future. Got you. Senzo, what you got, Pa? So, Coach, uh, from uh, – so – I like what you said there about how you went to a school that was academically inclined and you still were able to win on some level. So my question is is a is a sports related one as well. So who would you be more proud proud of being? Um let's say North Carolina North Carolina with um establishing Jordan or being Harvard with getting Jeremy Lin to the NBA? It's it's a great question, and I think it's a personal one. I, I think I think if you ask Tommy Amaker, who played at Duke and had success, he'd be very proud of the fact that Jeremy Lin made it from Harvard. If you ask Roy Williams and Dean Smith, absolutely they're going to wear the Air Jordan brand with pride. Roy Williams did that for the last year. He, he was busting out all the Jordan sneakers when they were able to finally wear sneakers on the sideline, albeit <laughs> with, with, with non-athletic gear. So. Yeah. I think it's the easy zone. For, for me personally, you can't really take a lot of credit for the fact that Michael Jordan was gifted the athletic ability that he has. You can take credit for putting him in a position to get there. But but to take a kid like Jeremy Lin, not recruited, not really given a chance, came through an academically inclined system at the highest level at Harvard, and now has made it on the highest level of sport, I think there's something very rare and unique that hasn't been duplicated and may not be duplicated there. I'm not saying there'll be another Michael Jordan to come from even play three years in college and go on to iconic billionaire, you know, logo status. Um, but to each his own. But but I, but in that specific uh, question, I, I think what Jeremy Lind did is super super impressive. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, the 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 O line at Kansas City, obviously protecting uh, the next guy when Brady's about 65 and retires. We got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I forget he's got the, the Canadian guy who's a doctor uh, for COVID he said oh, I'm going to stop uh, winning Super Bowls let me just head up to Canada help people with COVID because uh, I'm a brainiac as well uh, th- those guys are unicorns and I, I do agree with you there Jeremy Lynn shout out to you and shout- I-, I like it when athletes because the stereotype still exists right all I mean you're an East Coast guy all you yuppies out there who've, who've got Got you got Harvard out there. You got all the great universities. You're like oh, these athletes; they can't they can't do anything other than uh, smash each other. So I do like it when athletes are like, "Hey, get the hell out of here!" I'm a doctor as well. Uh, Duvernay something his uh, his name is the O lineman for uh, Kansas City. They are looking incredible, Coach. The NFL, the NBA, and next week, I really want to get into because let's be serious right 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 now. Uh, as we know, oh yeah, I, I did kind of watch it. You know, it goes like this. I did see the chant. This is how this is how we do it. You know what I mean? What are you doing? Well, you actually you actually did your homework and looked up the rock chop chant. Yeah, oh. there we go. I, 
We're going to have to get some clips of some really good ones. We'll, we'll do our research and our homework and, and, and show the masses here uh, of, of our millions that are watching this show and yes. millions that to come, by the way. Yes, abso- uh, absolutely. Speaking of which, we've been on point with branding today. Let, let's brand this. Travis Matthew, notwithstanding, we need the, we, we need the guests to have, have the hookup here. Uh, I don't know what part of the screen that, the, that we're mashing like buttons right now. Yeah. But can we get some smash or mash or mush or whatever it is? Let's hit those like buttons and subscribe. Let's get the ma- masses more involved in this. Get some more people on this MKT show. I do. A like- lot of good stuff coming up. I, I, I do like what you've done there. But college basketball, real thing. Uh, the college season's rolling, coach. Uh, and there's so much more. We'll talk rugby next week. And it's, it's an absolute honor to have you. By the way, you look incredible. So your gym program, your trainer earning their money, fan-friggin-tastic. Coach, have an awesome, awesome day with your family. And uh, man, good for you. Good for you. Because, you. I mean, just incredible. This guy. Yeah, man. Hey. He's, yeah, transcending, man. This is the way to do it. Coach is doing it. Yeah, man. Coach, look after yourself out there and, uh, and, and be your best self for the next week. Uh, looking forward to, to having you next week. Cheers, Coach. All right. Be well. Cheers, guys. You next too. Week. Hey, the, listen, the business of sport is so real. And it is interesting since, uh, before we wrap it up, is that to hear from somebody who's he's now on both sides. He's on the business side now. Mm. But he's been the head coach. Yeah, he's done it. Where he knows. Like, I mean, I don't, you don't want to put him in a position. But, like, he, he, he knew when he was there, especially academic. The yeah. yuppies, they rich guys. Is hey, exactly. there's one thing rich people love is an opinion. But also, you see, you see it also as you as you put it with our rugby system, with our school rugby system. We know who runs it. We know who fires co- coaches. Is once people get rich, especially men, I can't speak for women. Mm-hmm. When people get rich, the one thing they want is an opinion. They want a voice. They, they want to be heard. Yeah. He's awesome. That guy. He's all awesome. like he's cool. He's the guy you want as a mentor, and he's a guy you can have a beer yeah. with. It's relatable. Yeah. That's what we'll bring you. As he said, great content. We will have the coach on uh, next week. More on uh, what's happening in the collegiate system and what's happening in... Hey, he knows what's happening at PSG as well. I, I just connected that guy. Just doing it. You know, I love people like that who are doing it. Senzo Sotebe, uh, good stuff this weekend. Uh, or oh, today. Uh, well, looking forward to it. Great, great stuff from you as well, man. Hey, I, 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 I say man. weekend. I'm just, it's a prelude tomorrow. Uh, a man in France who is the size of... Uh, of of, of, of the studio, yeah. No, he he is. He said, "I've lost weight. I'm 118 now. I'm down Imagine. to 118." Uh, the one and only uh, Flip Funemeva. The long lunch is on tomorrow. Sends up good stuff today, pop. Great stuff from uh, you too, man. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are looking for the podcast, the MKT show is available on cliffcentral.com, uh, the Cliff Central app, of course, uh, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but for now, remember to like, share, subscribe, uh, hit subscribe if you're joining us for the very first time on YouTube. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT show. But for now, we are the hell out of here. Cliffcentral.com.